0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Episode 9 of Points and Penalties. My name is Josh, and with me are my co-hosts, Jesse, Peter, and Kevin. Kevin, what are you drinking today?
1: What I'm having today, guys, is a Bombay Sapphire London Dry Gin, Caesar. Peter, what are you drinking today?
2: Thanks, Kev. I'm drinking a Great Lakes Brewery, Canuck Pale Ale. And Jesse, because I know you want to know, it's 5.2%. And Jesse, what are you drinking?
3: I'm drinking uh, Nickelbrook Brewing. It's called Go- Glory and Gold Reserve Series. It was it's an aged beer done in bourbon barrelled, uh, yeah, bourbon barrelled barrels. So it's uh, it's been aged for about two years now. And I've kept it for about a year. I got it from my buddy uh, Chris Charlton. Shout out to him uh, last year. And yeah, it is nine point five, Peter.
2: I think that's malt liquor at that point, isn't it? <laughs> There's
3: definitely some malt in there. <laughs> yeah, that's the second. Malt barley is the second ingredient. Water's the first. <laughs> so, yeah, it pretty much is. Josh, what are you drinking? Uh,
0: today I got eight track XPA. It's an extra pale ale from Sons of Kent Brewery in Chatham. Sorry. And uh, it's nice. It's got a bit of a citrusy taste, but uh, it's not too hoppy and it doesn't have an aftertaste or anything, nice strong beer, but it's kind of light tasting, 5.7%, not too shabby. And uh, I fucked up again. I'm almost done. And we just fucking started. So
1: does it actually have an eight track thing on it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. The picture. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I remember that. I I was, I had, well, my dad had a vehicle that was eight track. It was sick.
2: Yeah, sure. Your dad did. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: first album you bought was on an eight track right buddy yeah it was kiss nice well that's great well, i'm glad everybody's got a nice little drink it's a beautiful day out it's, you know too bad we're uh, we're all inside recording but maybe maybe sometime we'll figure out how to do it outside without all that background noise. but not not today not today so i got some interesting news uh in the mlb usually we're going to talk about spring training which we'll get to in a bit but first thing that comes to, uh, to my mind this week was a Chicago Cub player, Jesus Carmago Corrales, was arrested in Colorado. He was arrested because, well, he, sorry, he was pulled over for speeding and weaving around. Ended up being arrested because they found methamphetamine and oxycodone in a Chicago Cubs duffel bag in his trunk. Now, he was, uh, from my understanding, pretty cooperative with uh, the police at this point. But uh, he ended up having 21 pounds of, of meth and a pound and a half of oxy in this bag. So I know he's he's just a minor league uh, pitcher, but is the pay really that bad?
2: That's a lot of meth.
0: That's
3: a lot.
2: For sure. <laughs> That's a lot.
3: It's like Walter White stuff there, man. Like <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <Heisenberg>. <laughs> yeah. So I mean he's
0: he's 25 years old. The pitcher is he's from uh, Tempe, Arizona. Uh, he signed a minor league deal with the Cubs in 2014. So we're six years into, it. I don't believe we've seen him in the, in the pros from what I could find. He's not in any of the top prospect lists, even for just the Cubs. So he's just a guy to fill out a roster is my understanding. So, so maybe he wasn't getting paid a whole lot and did need to, uh, to talk to some, some cartel, I would assume, uh, with all this, all this dope. So, that's pretty crazy you know you think these guys have got it made that you're playing ball for a living and you sure you might not be making a whole lot of money and then you go and do you know something like this it's just kind of crazy to me
3: well like you said about the money there like he he, he told the officer that he was only paid $500 to deliver that that seems like a lot of risk
2: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> and yeah exactly for
3: $500
0: yeah it's it, it's wild it, kind of doesn't make sense. Mm. It almost seems like that his story is just a lie, but I don't know. That's just my speculation from, you know, just what I've read little bits, but it's a, it's an interesting situation. And I mean, evidently the Cubs know about it, but like I said, he's been in the minors for six years. He's not coming up anytime soon. So they're not, they're probably not too worried about him.
1: Now, if he was a, now, if this was an elite player, do you think they would still get him up to the show, regardless of all this paraphernalia that he had? Your the teams like they're gonna go, I don't want them. You know well, mean?
0: it's gonna depend on what happens legally, right? If he goes to yeah. fucking prison, he's not gonna be on a yeah. team. Oh so
1: 21 pounds is like
3: like you're a meth dealer at that point. Like you can fucking get charged right for dealer. well yeah. over 20 years. So
2: it's a I, serious like, drug mule right now.
3: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> for sure. So pretty wild. But anyway, so getting into normal baseball stuff this time of year, uh spring training. Stuff. Uh, there's a few things that I've seen in this past week. Shohei Otani. how I, I believe I mentioned before that uh, Joel Madden said he's going to be a full goal as a two-way player uh, batting his DH and then pitching. He'll probably bat probably three days a week, I would think. Uh, and then obviously pitches one day a week. Uh, so he'll be in that lineup four days, but he is looking amazing. He's looking great. Like he was uh, his old 2018 self, as opposed to last year, he wasn't the greatest. Uh, but I think going to take that with a grain of salt with everybody in their 2020 season. It wasn't uh, you know, it was an up and down season, completely different. Nobody's used to all the uh, COVID restrictions and all that good stuff. So like I said, take that with a, a grain of salt, but, but he's looking great. Uh, his fastball is up to 101 mile an hour already, which is pretty crazy being that it's, you know, we're in the middle of spring type thing. Guess there's a week and a half, just over a week and a half left of, of spring training ball. And then we get into the end of the regular season but he's uh, he's been hitting like crazy too, twelve for twenty over spring uh, training. That's six hundred up, uh, six hundred average and four home runs. Just over his last three games, he's five for seven and three home runs. It's batting seven fourteen. I know it's spring training, but that's softball stats, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's just it's just wild. He's just it's like these this is nothing for him. He's like, ah, oh, this is easy. I'll
3: just hit this one out. I'll hit this one out. Yeah, he's, he's dominating right now but the whole thing is uh staying healthy he has not been able to do that in the last couple of years with uh, Tommy john surgery in 2018 the end of the season and and then a left knee injury in 2019 so and like you said he wasn't anything hot on uh, last year but mm-hmm. you can you might be able to chalk that up to the the pandemic and yeah I mean, I've, I've noticed a lot of guys is, Arms are just, like, heating up. Like, people are hitting velocities way higher than what they they have averaged, even the older guys and everything like that.
0: So uh, absolutely. The next guy on the list here is Jacob DeGrom. He's one of those older guys you're talking about, Jess. And he's been lighting it up with his velocity uh, as of late in the last few years. So in 2018, his fastball uh, velocity was 96.7 miles per hour, and he hit a top speed of 101 miles an hour. And every year it's gone up. In 2019, 97.2 mile an hour as a top end of 100.4, and 2020, 99 mile an hour up to 102.7 as a top end in 2020. So that's that's crazy that he's, he's 33 years old. He's supposed to be declining, and his his velocity is getting getting uh, quicker and quicker. His last spring outing, he had uh, hit 100 mile an hour and he topped 102. So like this guy's already loose. He's already in mid season form and we're halfway through spring training. It's it's
3: wild. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. And like he's kind of got like that Benjamin Button disease right now because he yeah. he's like lighting it up since he started like 2016. His average was 93.4 miles per hour. Wow. Like that he's lighting it up. Like, yeah, like that's it's crazy. weird. It's not usually you come in as you're younger and you just have that hot heat. Yeah. And it, and like you said, it, it deteriorates over time. And that is not the case for this guy. He, he has, he's probably the best pitcher in baseball. Yep. Like him, Garrett Cole, and, and Shane Bieber are all up there, but I think he might be better than all those three guys.
0: Yep. I agree with you there, man. He's, uh, he's really top end and it's, he's going to be tough to beat this year.
3: Yeah. So, and like he's increased it constantly every year from 2016. So, like, It's, it's strange. And I think a lot of more uh, baseball players are especially pitchers. Like I said, was increasing their velocity because they're trying to get more ready. Cause obviously last year you could see that there was a lot of guys that weren't ready to play. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of Mm -hmm. weird, weird seasons for a a couple of guys.
0: And I mean that like, again, you got to chalk that up to COVID and the season being pushed back and you know, you're ready. And then you got to sit down for, you got to wait. And then you got to get ready again. And so the up and down, up and down uh, situation could have affected that uh, quite a bit. So pretty wild to see these older guys uh, ripping it up here. And, and like you said, it's, uh, it's kind of an anom- uh, anomaly, him being able to, to ramp it up like this. So a couple other guys that have been ramping it up, go, moving into our Blue Jays update. Robbie Ray and Steven Matz are both looking solid. Both looking like they're going to lock down a rotation uh, spot for the Jays. Just this week on Friday, Robbie Wraith threw five and a third innings, only gave up one run and had six strikeouts. And on the following day, Steven Matz follows it up with five strong innings, six Ks, and only one earned run again. So these guys are really doing well, and they're doing better than I thought they were would 150%. I thought these guys were going to be useless, and you know it was just a waste of time and money to get these guys. And they have proven me wrong so far. Hopefully they proved me wrong all year. And that's really going to help push to get Kevin's goal of the old world series.
3: Yeah. These guys are on my fantasy team and I knew I kind of followed them for a while. And uh, last season, they, they were one of those guys that just, they, they sucked. They were awful. The both of them. So when I saw the Jays get them, I knew that they were, they were, it was a, it was a low risk, high reward. Cause these mm-hmm. guys both have high ceilings, They both can strike people out and I was going to dump them on my team and I might end up keeping one or two of them or both of them. But like they're, this is what I saw them, what they, they, they could have been, but right now it's uh, they're really ramping up again. Robbie is another guy that has his velocity up from last year mm-hmm. and he's gone back to his old way of, cause he, he had changed the way he threw the arm angle. He he had, he was trying to have more of a straight down technique and now he's going back to more of a sidearm on the angle. He can get more velocity and, uh, he doesn't really hit the, the strike zone as much, but last year was just, he was just God awful. He was walking everybody. So Robbie Ray has really turned it on and he's been striking out people left, right and center. He's walked a few, but, but, uh, he's been striking out a bunch.
0: Well, hopefully he can keep it up throughout the rest of uh, spring training and into uh, into the regular season because we're gonna need to uh, we're gonna need these these role playing starters to uh, to be strong for us this year. Or there's no way that Kev's gonna be right. <laughs> but another helping hand will be uh, Vlad, and I, I think he's uh, really starting to live up to his expectations. Uh, I again, we're still in spring training, but uh, on Friday he went three for three, raising his average up to six hundred. He's twelve for twenty. And he's looking good at third base, which, again, I said that he probably wouldn't, and they wouldn't even bother with him over there. Uh, But he's looking really good, and he's looking super comfortable over at first. Like, it's not a real big deal for him to to be playing there, which is great. Maybe he can focus a little bit more on third and uh, just gives us a little bit more flexibility. I don't think he's going to get a whole ton of playing time over there still uh, with Biggio. And you got Semi who can still play over there, but it's obviously a nice uh, nice addition if he can fill a role there uh, at all any type of role so i think it's great i'd love to see this guy hit and he's uh he's probably one of my favorite jays i'm debating on whether i'm getting a, a vlad jersey or a springer dinger jersey so
2: uh the not on that list
0: uh he would be i like i like bgo too but i don't know man i like home runs yeah that's, that's why i'm kind of leaning towards vlad but i feel like there's so many vlad jerseys out there that
2: yeah, yeah. you know so. I've i've been thinking about it too just thinking
0: well, we can't, no, none of us can get the same jerseys. We're going to have four <laughs> different ones, so.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, but, I mean, there's four, right? You get Vlad, you got Bull, you got uh Kevin, and then you got George.
1: So, four
0: jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> Kev's like, I'll take George Bell.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, is it a George Bell? I mean, he was okay. I mean, Ernie Witt, that is another good one. Tony Fernandez, bro. Here we go, buddy. Yep. I'll support that number one.
0: And last part of the Jays update here is – uh it looks like, as we kind of figured, uh, Kirby Yates is uh, looks like he's going to be the closer. Uh, Pete Walker has said that the closing job is his to lose, and I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. After bringing him on when you lose Ken Giles, there's no not a whole lot of uh, closing depth on the team. So when you brought in Kirby Yates, uh, I I mean I figured for sure he was going to be the closer, and it seems to be true, uh, at least for now. And uh, like I said, I don't think there's too much pressure on him for uh, for that job. So he's gonna have a long but he's going to be good. Yeah, for sure. And he's a different, like he's not a super powerful pitcher. He's not going to blow by you like, uh, like a Roldis Chapman type thing throwing hundred mile an hour. I know he's getting a little older and probably losing a little bit on his fastball, but he's he's more more of a, well, you know what I'm getting at? He's more of the finesse type guy. He's going to, you know, he's, he's going to make you miss with deception and whatnot. So. And uh, And location. And location. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, either way, it's looking good. The Jays are playing well. You know, they're they're not hitting on all strides just yet, but uh, it will come, and can't wait to see it. Now, I do want to say, not that it that matters, uh, but last week I said that they were going to lose in the ALCS. I did mean the ALDS, but I'm going to stand by my ALCS, and I just hope the <laughs> fuck they go a little further than I initially think. <laughs> yeah.
2: The video is all that counts. The recording is all that matters. That, that's, that's right.
0: That's I figured. I can't change it. So what, what you
2: thought doesn't count.
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so.
2: Yeah, well, I hope for the best. So in NHL news, uh, the Sabres have moved on from head coach Ralph Kruger. They fired him earlier this week in the midst of a uh, 12-game losing streak. So they had to obviously do something to uh, try and spark the team. The problem with this team is this isn't a team that's sort of trying to be in a rebuild and trying to lose right now for high graphics. They were supposed to be, or at least trying to be contending. And they're bottom in the league right now. Worse than Ottawa. They're just.
0: They're a no fucking game. dumpster
1: fire is what it is.
2: They are a dumpster fire. That is correct.
1: <laughs> I don't think a coach for them is ever going to change it anyways.
2: No, that's right. But I think they just had to make a decision and uh, do something to try and uh, they're, they're, they're talking about starting to allow fans to come back and, uh, Maybe already. It's not very soon.
3: That's not going to help them
2: either. Well, but they're not going to sell any tickets. If so.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, I guess I was going to say maybe uh, other teams, like Leaf fans would go down. Montreal fans would go down. But, of course, we can't right now. But, yeah, can't. But, yeah, <laughs> maybe other cities uh, somewhat in the area. Yeah. Like, yeah,
2: it's no good. It's no good down there.
0: I mean, they've they, they got a decent amount of talent on that team. And, like, they
3: just can't do anything.
2: Yeah, you look at some of the names. They got Taylor Hall, they That's got why. Jack Eichel, they got That's why. Skinner, they got That's Brad Stalyne. Yeah, like, Brad, like There's some some decent sounding names anyway, but for whatever reason in in Buffalo right now, it's just a black hole. It's like yeah. the Ryan O'Reilly effect. When he was there, he was, you know, okay. And he went to St. Louis and he was a fucking superstar. I don't know. It's no good in Buffalo. In brighter news, uh, Alex Ovechkin scored his 718th goal earlier this week, which moved him past Phil Esposito on sixth place on the all-time NHL goal scoring list. I think he's now sitting at 720. And we had talked a little bit briefly before about whether we think he's going to catch Gretzky or not. Uh, I still think he won't. But, um, but you never know, there's, don't forget exactly how many goals he's got to go,
1: but it's hundred and something. Now, do we know if Phil Esposito scored on his brother? Cause his brother was a goalie. <laughs> I have no idea Kev. i would be that'd be pretty cool to find out if he actually <laughs> scored on his brother. Cause they actually both played in the NHL. Probably then He scored
2: 718 and you gotta think he's scoring against all the teams. So, how
0: much longer do you think Alex plays for?
2: I'm just gonna throw out four more years. Oh, I'd say three. Real
0: close. If he's scoring 40 a year,
2: but he's got to keep up the pace, right?
0: Right. So, if he's scoring 40 a year, that puts him at uh, that puts him at 800, right? In two years. Yeah. So then another two years is going to be 880. That's That's damn fucking close, you know? And like you say, if he's going to play – and that's average. Maybe he keeps lightening it up a little bit more. Maybe he scores more than 40, especially if we get full seasons. Yeah. You know, it's going to be close. As long as he stays healthy, and he has for most of his career, it's going to be really close.
2: Yeah. I said it before on this show. I'm going to say it again. I think he's not going to make it, and I think it's going to be a tragedy because he probably would have if he had had full seasons to play every year through Mm. his career.
0: I wouldn't be surprised to see him at number two, though. Oh, yeah. I think that's pretty achievable.
2: Uh, yeah, I think Gordy Howe's at number two right now at 801. I'm just looking it up right now.
3: Mm. Yeah, so there's, like, Gretzky's at uh, 894, so he's got it's doable, but it, it's still it's – he's got to be good, and Father Time cannot touch him. Yeah. He's got to stay, like, super – 100%. Super healthy and get on that Tom Brady diet or whatever yep. it is. He, he can <laughs> Uh, it basically
0: yeah he yeah, needs to put up 45 points
3: 45
2: 45
0: goals sorry in each year for the next four years to be
2: right there yeah so and that's that's a lot
0: yeah for sure but i mean he, hey like i said he he's he's been healthy for a lot of years so for the most part yeah I th-
3: i think it has a lot to do with the team around him as well he's got a good team around him and he's got a it's unlikely that it will it, go downhill in four years, but mm-hmm. it might a little bit. So it might affect. His he was on a shit team at the run. beginning,
0: though. So, the, but that's where he was having massive goals because it was just him, right? So yeah, yeah, well, yeah.
2: he
3: was the only shooter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. but he was
2: just playing all star games every night. Just yeah. Having, yeah. nothing to play for. Playing. Just go try and score some
1: goals in the fun ways. Yeah. Uh, well, he has a great office when he sets up in it, man. That's for sure. Oh yeah.
0: One day we'll have a. We'll have a debate on who's better, Ovechkin or Crosby. I know that'll last a while, so we won't get into it today. But that's uh, you know coming out of the same draft, and it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. There's always you know always those comparisons. So now you see Ovechkin way up here on the
2: goals. Yeah, yeah. I think he's gonna win a few more cups, so
0: Fair enough. I mean, the... he's he's beating Crosby in points too. So you know, point wise, uh, looks like Ovechkin's got the edge. Goal wise. But like you said, cups.
2: I think he played a ton more games too, because Crosby missed a bunch of time when he concussions. Was, 165 concussion more games. That's like yeah. two
0: seasons.
3: Yeah, that's a yeah. lot.
0: Yeah, that is a lot.
3: Crosby was pretty hot. Like they were both hot at the beginning, but he Crosby was more of the playmaker at the beginning and yeah, eaten up all these points. Whereas Ovechkin was just scorned a bunch of goals yeah
2: he scored a stupid i think he scored like 67 goals one year fucking something like that Back like in his early days
3: 67 i think so
2: i can challenge away if do you want. It, <laughs> do it jesse do it jesse
3: i just don't have a number that uh, okay i'll challenge i will
0: challenge.
2: 65 <laughs> oh
3: <laughs>
0: so you okay, right. see so you won <laughs> you're good all right i'm not challenging i, I already had a pull had it pulled up <laughs> <laughs>
3: I didn't think it was sixty five. Sixty five, yeah. But I didn't think it was. I thought I thought sixty seven was a little high.
2: Son of a bitch. All right, All right that's fine. Sixty five in
0: 0708. He played a full eighty two game season that year. That's still like impressive. Yeah. And I,
2: for the record, I was close off the top of my head.
0: Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> good. That's pretty good. That's twenty fourth most goals in one season.
2: Yeah, oh. most is uh, Gretzky with fucking stupid ninety two.
0: And then Gretzky <laughs> with stupid 87. but
3: <laughs> <What>? Damn it. <laughs> yeah, that's what, you, that's what you get score goals like no
2: tomorrow, though, yeah.
1: too.
2: Okay, so the Leafs, bit of news this week in the Leafs. Um, so, started off with them losing Jimmy VC. Uh, they put him on waivers, like we've seen all kinds of guys go on waivers this year. Uh, most of them don't get claimed, but V.C. got claimed by the Canucks, uh, which is unfortunate. He was, you know, he took some ire from a lot of lead fans, which I don't think was really deserved. He's, you know, his guy is getting paid 900 grand. He's a bottom six guy, and he was doing okay. To put it in context, he'd be like, I think, third on the Buffalo Sabres in terms of goal scoring. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so he, he, you know, he was very waived to make, uh, roster flexibility. I think they wanted to try Galchenyuk and he got claims, you know, is what it is. He's gone to Vancouver now. Uh, I thought he was a decent player. He had good chemistry with Jason Spezza, it seemed like, but uh, we'll see how he fares on the Canucks.
0: Did you hear about his trek from Toronto to Ottawa?
2: Uh, yeah, but, well, I think so. I think you're talking about why he couldn't play in that first game after he got claimed.
0: Right, So he gets, yeah, he gets, gets claimed and he drives from Toronto to Ottawa. Uh, the the Canucks are playing in Ottawa. So he drives to Ottawa to try and make the game and he drives as opposed to fly so that he doesn't have to quarantine because he would, he would be flying commercially. So he drives the four hours or so gets there it uh, doesn't, he makes it in time, but the paperwork doesn't make it in time. So he can't end up playing. So he sits up in the booth or whatever. Uh, he ends up jumping on a plane then with the Canucks to head to Montreal for their next game, which he should be playing or should have played. And his car, as of, you know, uh, earlier in the week, his car was still sitting in Canada, which is the suburb <laughs> of Ottawa. So it's still sitting at the, at the stadium there in Ottawa. And I just thought it was pretty funny that, you know, he's, Trying to do something so that he can get there and play, so he doesn't have to uh, uh, doesn't have to worry about about this quarantine, and then the paperwork holds him up, and and now he's in Montreal. Well, he won't be in Montreal now; he'll be wherever the hell they're playing their next yeah. game because that would have been on uh, probably Friday that he, they played in Montreal. So, uh, just kind of funny that his car is still sitting.
2: In
0: <laughs> I would assume that the Canucks will
3: be picking up that parking bill.
2: Yeah, just fucking racking tickets up. It's
3: yeah. <laughs> still kind of ridiculous though that paperwork can't get there, but he can do the yeah four hour drive or whatever yeah or to get there. Like it's yeah, so it's it it's, it sounds really really stupid. Someone couldn't scan something. Older.
2: A fax machine was busted. Yeah, I don't I don't think it was that quite that straightforward. Um, Friedman got into it a little bit on Thirty One Thoughts podcast, but I think it was to do with his visa. Yeah. Cause he's an American. So to play in Canada, to work in Canada, it was something like he, he's got a visa that he can play for the Toronto Maple Leafs and work in Canada as a professional hockey player, but he can only play for the Toronto Maple Leafs until that visa paperwork gets updated to now say he's playing for the Vancouver Canucks. Mm-hmm. So because that wasn't done, he wasn't allowed to work, play the game because he's only uh allowed to play for the one team according to the visa huh yeah
3: i've never heard of that because i've heard of guys like in uh mlb and stuff like that i guess like that have literally like played the same team and walk across the dugout mm-hmm. to go play for them after they get traded yeah again, well
2: the american
0: roles are says, different
3: yeah. yeah
0: yeah and their yeah. visa probably just says you know he's here from the dominican and he can play on any team in the u.s or whatever right so
3: yeah. North America. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but like, yeah, it's the. It just seems like a silly bureaucratic issue that showed up on that. Yeah, that he couldn't. Play. And he made that drive too. <laughs> well, I'm sure he actually kind of preferred it rather than going through the commercial airport to begin with. So yeah, to, to risk from a COVID standpoint. Yeah,
2: I, I've driven Toronto, to Ottawa. It's really not that far. No,
3: <laughs> it's a boring drive.
2: It's okay. There's some trees. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Canada, bud. (laughs) There's trees everywhere.
2: (laughs) Uh, So Simmons and Campbell made their return uh, from injury on, uh, I guess, Friday night for Simmons and Saturday for uh, Campbell. Uh, They both look good. They look like they're back up to speed. Campbell posted a shutout last night. And his last game, he put up a shutout too, which whenever that was, three weeks ago or so. So he just can't be scored on right now. It's two games in a row, straight shutouts, which is, you know, conversely with the way Freddie Anderson's playing, which I'm going to get into a little bit in my penalty box. But there may be a bit of a goalie controversy brewing in Toronto.
1: I say you go with the hot one. And if it's uh, Campbell, carry on.
2: Yeah, I agree. Play your hot goalie and then uh, I'm going to do this in my penalty box. So I'm going to pause that discussion here for a second. Yeah. Um, so Galchenyuk made his debut after V.C. Uh, was claimed, and he looks decent. He's quick. He's, uh, you know, he, start, he slotted right into the top six alongside Tavares and Nylander. And I wasn't disappointed with what I saw. He looked okay. You know, he's not a world beater. He's probably never going to be the 30-goal scorer again that he once was. But, you know, at least don't need that. They have the goal scoring already. Uh, with guys like Austin Matthews and John Tavares uh, Nylander, Marner they're there, they just need the complementary
1: players, uh, which I think Gautenic can be he definitely has uh, ice vision, that's for sure I mean, yeah. he knows where players are and he gets them the puck Yeah. so,
2: you know, I didn't have any uh, very high expectations for this guy making his debut in the least um, this is his fucking seventh team or something like that now but, you know he played decent. I'm, I'm happy with the way he's playing, and I think if he keeps up the way he's playing, uh, I think he'll stay on the roster and stay in that, probably in that spot on, on the left side on uh, Tavares' wing. Wasn't
3: it you saying that you didn't think he, it was a hot signing to begin with, Peter?
2: Uh, I, I think I probably said that it was low risk and, and high reward if it pays off. It's, it's a gamble kind of trade.
1: I thought you said he was also just going to be the taxi squad.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That was before they lost VC. So he's coming in to make his, uh, his debut since they lost him. And like I said, I didn't have very high expectations because I think he's sort of a fringe -er, NHLer, AHLer at best, but he's playing good.
3: Wasn't he a top pick though?
2: Yeah. Yeah. He was third overall. Yeah. And he scored 30 goals. Um, I don't know what year it was, his first or second year, I guess. Um, but he's never been able to match that again since. And he's bounced around through a bunch of teams.
3: Well, hopefully with the talent that the Leafs have, he can get his shit together.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I don't think they need him to sort of be a 30-goal scorer. So he can find his role, hopefully, and, and be an effective player and just uh, contribute to the team. So the Leafs played Calgary back to back Friday and Saturday nights. They lost on Friday nights, four to three, uh, with Freddie Anderson starting. And they won last night, two nothing, with Campbell and Nets, finally breaking their uh, this slide they've been on. They were think, one and six going into last night's game in the past seven.
0: Like another that- Toronto team, I know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Which we'll get into shortly, but uh, Josh is talking obviously about the Raptors, who are uh, dropping fast. But they looked like the Leafs of the the old first place Leafs again last night, and so hopefully that's a trend going forward. Hopefully they keep on that track and uh, stay up top of the North Division, which they're hanging on to by a thread right now.
0: They shook things up a bit, did they not, on uh, Saturday with a line yeah. line uh, movements? Yes.
2: Yeah, so they bumped Simmons up to the first line with uh, Marner and Matthews. Uh, Thornton bumped, slid down to, I think, the third line, which I think is probably the major change. And then Galchenyuk's on that second line now. Uh, so the big four stayed in there, four spots, obviously. And, uh, yeah, they shook it up a little bit, and it seems to have worked out.
0: I think it's kind of nice for, uh, for Matthews there to have – to have Simmons, he's, he's not, he knows that he doesn't have to worry about anybody fucking with him, right? Like, yeah. screw with Matthews and and uh, Wayne's right there on the ice. So, Yeah,
2: yeah. Although they're still uh, – they were playing him pretty physical last night. Oh, yeah. The they game. were.
1: I, I just – I mean, if Simmons was completely, completely healthy in regards to his wrist issue, I think he probably would have knocked some skulls around for what they were doing to mass, uh, Austin. I didn't like it.
2: Yeah, the hit from Lucic was a bit uh, – a bit offside, but uh, you know, that's hockey. These things happen. He's okay. And yeah, hopefully with Simmons on that line, it'll uh, stop happening so much. And so just one other point to mention in the NHL, the Rangers absolutely demolished the Flyers nine to nothing in a game earlier in the week. They just dismantled them. And that was all in two periods. The third period, they didn't, Score at all, they didn't even try to. I don't think so. It was nine goals in the first two periods, and uh, Zaminajad put up six points in one period, which is just outrageous.
0: Yeah, pretty crazy for me. Uh, Kev, I know you're going to disagree with me, but I think this is more impressive than Sittler's 10 in a game. I mean, he, he's he's on pace for 18. 18. <laughs> like, obviously, that's pretty tough to get, but. Man, that's uh, that's six points in a period, right? Like, that's wild.
1: Still not 10. Still not 10 points. But he I scored think...
0: 10 points in three periods, not six in one. No. The numbers say, man, the numbers say that that's a better stat. Like uh, I get It's it. impressive.
1: Some... It's very impressive to sit there and have three goals, three assists in one period for per, sure. But amen. does
0: anybody know if it was a natural hat trick?
1: Yes,
2: it was.
0: Was it? Nice.
1: It's
2: yeah,
0: just... I, I think it's just a little bit more impressive, man. I mean, I love Sittler's 10 points. That's great. And, you know, it may never be broken, like you said, Kev. You know, I thought maybe one day it could. And a game like this is one of those games that would do it. Um, you know, imagine they tried playing in the third period. Yeah. You know, maybe he gets a couple more, right? So I think uh, you said, if, uh, if I'm not mistaken here, oh, I'm not mistaken because I'm reading it on our hot take list. But you said that nobody... No one will ever match Sittler's ten points, and not a month later, we've got a guy that puts up six in a period. Do you still think yep. that nobody will ever touch that ten
1: points? No one will ever touch it.
0: I can't wait until that's broken, man.
1: Well, <laughs> it's it's not going to happen in my lifetime. Maybe yours, but not mine.
0: I mean, it almost <laughs> happened.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you're around by the dinosaurs, like you're ready to go soon. Yeah, bud. <laughs> I'm him just hanging in there by a thread. <laughs>
3: that was why you made that pick. You got lucky that uh, he decided to take off the rest of the other periods.
1: <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe they are doing that so they know, they know that Sittler's never going to have that 10-point uh, game ever broken.
0: Yeah, you, you called them up, right? Be like, hey, yep. boys, don't hey. be
1: scoring more than 10
0: now.
2: Yep, yep. Hey, yeah. <laughs>
1: That's right. <laughs> Leave my Sittler alone. That's funny.
2: So – I think I'm going to agree with Kev here on this one. that I, Not that the Sittlers' record will never be broken, because I think it probably will. But I do think that it's more impressive than the six-in-a-period. I know that the six-in-a-period looks like he's on pace for 18 in a game, like we were just saying. But that's I don't think that's reality. Like The reality of actually scoring 10 points in one game is – is such a rare thing, and I don't think it'll ever happen unless there's a stupid game that's just has a score of like twelve to seven or something, where both teams are scoring lots of goals. Because, like, like we said, in this game, they stop trying to score goals. Because why would you bother? You're up nine, going into the third period. You know,
3: it was a free, it was a free skate at that point.
2: Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you're more you're more interested in protecting your goalie's shutout at that point than trying to rack up points. And there has been one other person that scored six points at a period, Brian Trottier, back 1978, however many years ago that was. Uh, So it has happened once before. And Sittler's the only one ever put up 10.
1: It was a lie for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
3: I just want to say one other thing about that was pretty impressive. About that nine nothing, just destroying the Flyers was uh, it was the Hartford head coach that was behind the bench there. The Rangers head coach was in the COVID pro- uh, protocols there.
0: So like their so AHL they, team, is that what you mean?
3: Yeah, huh. and they had they had a they had a, an associate them. head coach, uh, uh, Gord Murphy there too. But like it like this this wasn't their regular coach or, coaches that did this game. So it was... It, it's wild. Wasn't
1: all of them the AHL coaches that were up there? It wasn't just you know like uh, I thought it was like the whole whole squad of the AHL. It might have
3: been they they they, they list a bunch of guys that you are usually behind the bench. but uh, The head coach Dan Quinn wasn't there, so they, yeah, they had the Hartford Wolfpack head coach Chris uh, uh, Knobloch. Knob <laughs> <laughs> no, no yeah. No block. Knobloch? No block, yeah, Knobloch? Knobloch, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, that, that that's even makes it even more impressive to me. But because you had the NHL coach there,
2: they had an easy job. All they had to do was say, "Okay, first line." Okay, second line. Okay, third line. Okay, yeah, fourth line.
0: And, and I mean, the the actual coaches can <laughs> still <laughs> be in on you know video meetings and all that stuff. So it's not like well, they, they had to be for
3: that week, they right? But it's not right? like they were
0: suspended, and then it was all on the Hartford uh, AHL coaches to come up with game plans and stuff but still yeah. i understand what you're saying that's yeah. a pretty pretty yeah. good feat yeah. and more impressive than siller i don't care what you guys say
1: <laughs> i'm not i'm not knocking that it wasn't an impressive uh you know feat but until you until you break 10 it's not that impressive
0: so what if you put up like two more in the period so eight in a
1: period that's getting more impressive right yeah. <laughs> I mean, like for Sittler though, everything just bounced for him. I mean, his sixth goal was actually behind the net and just hit a fucking skate and went in. See, so, so he wasn't even so, that skill. So he got, <laughs> yeah. he got lucky. He got lucky. He got lucky. Whatever, th- whatever he threw at the net was going in, basically. So it's just one like these guys say, "This is one of those freak days."
3: I'm kind of with Josh on this. Like in this day and time, like that's fucking impressive. Like you got to... Like before, in, in Sittler's age, like you could score goals no problem. You can like there was. When was the last time someone got a 9 nothing win? I don't have the stats up, but I'm pretty sure it was a while ago. Yeah, I sure.
2: remember a 9-2 loss that the Leafs had against Nashville not too long ago. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: that was the Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> was that
0: before Matthews? So they really sucked? Or? <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Pre-Matthews?
3: So it worked out for them. They got They got Matthews right after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all part of the plan.
2: I don't actually remember what year that was. <laughs>
0: Well, talking about superstars, uh, LeBron James goes down with a high ankle sprain on Saturday night versus the Hawks He's out indefinitely. His ankle got caught up under Solomon Hill. Uh, they didn't really fall. They just kind of got, they were in tight close together and he kind of just rolled it and Solomon was kind of on top. Uh, so he goes down in a boatload of pain, probably more than you'd see a hockey player or a football player go down in, but it's basketball, but it's not quite soccer. So, you know he didn't uh, he didn't cry too much not like a soccer player would anyway uh, so he gets up he ends up hitting a corner three and uh, starts to run back to play some defense ends up I believe I think he even called his own timeout and he had to go off the court and he was pretty much done and obviously reveals that it's a it's a high ankle sprain. So this uh, is a big, 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 big loss for the Lakers. They're already down Anthony Davis. And now they are going to be down, you know, arguably the best player in the league. It's going to be, it's going to make it real tough for the Lakers going forward, especially with no uh, return date for LeBron anytime soon. And likewise, I haven't heard of a return date for Anthony Davis. So it's going to be real tough for uh, Dennis Schroeder and company. Uh, to get some wins without those without those two guys, uh, obviously LeBron is picking up the slack without Anthony Davison. Uh, but it uh,
3: it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty tough for the Lakers.
1: Yeah. It sucks when you lose your captain, right?
3: Of course. Well, Josh, I like you're saying he's being a baby because in football and and hockey they would be out there, but the man's huge too. You have to remember, oh, yeah. and he's standing on that ankle and he's thirty six years old.
0: Oh no, I mean I'm not saying that it so doesn't I- hurt. I'm just saying that it just like, he, he goes down like a ton of bricks, but then gets back up and plays for a little bit. I know I realize that everybody tries to go out and play a little bit, whether it's a shift in hockey after you hurt yourself or or what have you. But I don't know, I'm just getting on LeBron, man. He, I, I like to call him a bitch all the time. and so.
3: But I know, and that's the narrative, right? But but like he'd also say about uh, Durant against uh, the Raptors in the championship game, like, he played a little bit after his Achilles. Like, yep. it was strained, and then he hurt a little bit more, obviously, way worse when he continued to play, but... Fair enough. I mean, yeah. these guys
0: aren't just—they're not just, you know, running off and and uh, you know they're at least giving themselves a, a, a shot. Try, try it again. Like these guys don't want to come off the court. I mean, it's LeBron. You know, he doesn't want to come off the court. Yeah. So.
3: And he doesn't get injured that much.
0: No, he doesn't. He's very, very consistent. He stays. Yes,
3: and he, he, like, he gets a lot. Like, he, hes a bitch in the way that he gets a lot of calls towards him. I guess you could say that fits that narrative. But at the same time, like, he—he he plays through a lot of pain. He does, yeah. And and I and I can like as a big of a guy. That he is. This is like a five to six week turnaround that he'll be back. I think, but I think with LeBron, I think he'll be back in four. That's my hot. That that's my hot take because like usually high ankle sprains are about like four weeks for like NFL players. So I'm just going off of that, and because you're a bigger guy and you got more weight and all the jumping that he's going to be doing, it's going to be a lot harder on your ankle. But I think he'll be back in four weeks because. I think he's a tough son of a bitch.
1: So. No, isn't there like some of those like uh, what is it? The like a water tanks or oxygen shit that they put him into, like they self or fast heal. Wouldn't isn't that something that
3: they just they just put him in a in a in a pool in the shallow end and they just do exercises in there. That's the best way to to, to rehab those ankle sprains.
0: So that uh, corner three ball that he hit before and before he ended up leaving in the second quarter there uh, extends his NBA record for scoring at least 10 points in a game. He's up to 1,036 straight games with at least 10 points. <laughs> that is fucking insane. So that ends up spanning 12.63 seasons at 82 game seasons, right? So that's that's crazy. 12 that and a half crazy. seasons of scoring 10 points every single game. That is consistency. So I, I thought, you know, even though, like I said, I was I was chirping him there, It's a little bitch for falling down for probably for good reason in this case. But <laughs> but to span 12 and a half seasons with at least 10 points is absolutely crazy. Yeah, that's impressive.
3: Which is the narrative for uh, Kevin's MVP race, but he's going to be out for a while. Right,
0: that is is definitely going to take a toll on the MVP race. So because of that injury... Uh, now Embiid is still out, but he has jumped back to the top of the, you know, MVP projections. Uh, so we've got Embiid now up at to plus 200. LeBron has dropped to plus 250. Peter, your guess of uh, the, because you didn't want to say LeBron was uh, Jokic. Uh, he's plus 350. And we have uh, Luka Doncic at plus 1300, Stephen Curry at plus 1400 and Giannis at plus 1600. So really it's a three horse race at this point. And if Jokic can stay healthy, he might have the inside track here. I mean, it really depends on how long Embiid and LeBron are out. I know we talked about this last week, but with this uh, injury, it really opens things up now.
2: Everything's coming up, Pedro. (laughs) All (laughs) right.
0: Except for the NCAA. We'll talk about it. We'll get into that soon.
2: That's bad.
0: So I'm not going to give you guys a, a chance to actually change your picks, but would you change him now? Like Kev, obviously, you know, it, let's say he's out for just four weeks. Do you change your pick of, uh, of him being MVP or do you think he comes back and just
1: He's going to come back one? with a vengeance. He's yeah. definitely going to come back with a vengeance. I, I still say I'm, I'm still taking it. I'm not changing my mind. Even even if I could. No. Nope. And I
0: mean, he still could be. You never know, right? Like it's it's the most viable player on your team is I believe what the, what it should be. I don't know if they actually, if they actually vote that way, is he the, you know, is he the most valuable player to that team compared to the most valuable player to other, other teams, or do they just say, now he's the best player in the league that year. You know, I think sometimes they uh, they switch the way that they vote that way. You know, LeBron has said that he probably, I think Kyle Kuzma actually started this conversation or or kind of a Twitter uh, going on, but he said that LeBron should probably have more than more MVP trophies than he, than he has currently. Uh, so LeBron, you know, of course LeBron's going to agree, but says that he's, he's doesn't cry about it and isn't too worried about not getting those extra MVP awards. He just, he's focused on getting the next one and winning games. Yeah,
3: I don't think he cares about MVPs. He's more looking at at championships for sure. Yep. Still got to catch Jordan, right? Yep. For sure. Uh,
0: just a quick LeBron news. He bought into uh, the Red Sox organization. So he is now a part owner uh, or maybe not quite yet, but he will be a part owner of uh, the Fenway sports group, which obviously own the Boston Red Sox. And they also own a soccer team. I want to say it's, Ooh, you guys are probably going to be able to challenge me on this. I'm going to say, shit, I can't remember who it is now. I going to say it's, Oh, I'm probably wrong gonna say man U. but I it's there's there's a team that they that they uh partially own, or I guess it do own. Sorry, and now now because LeBron has bought into this, uh he is he's into owning some soccer and some basketball teams now. So
3: So you because he owns shares in Man U that Fenway now owns shares? In? Uh
0: no, like so he had already bought into Fenway Sports Group, but I guess it was based on his his shares type thing were based on just just the soccer team but now i guess they're i don't know i can't remember exactly how, how it worked but either way he owns more fenway sports group uh, ownership and and they own both of those teams so uh, he's becoming uh he's becoming an executive sooner than we probably all would have thought being that he's still a high-end player
3: i i don't think fenway sports owns uh, man, man, it
0: might not be man U, but there's a, it's a soccer team, and it's a high end soccer team.
1: There is a soccer team. I do know that as well. I, I'm like with you, yeah. Josh. I don't it know just, which it, one it, it is.
3: It just seems weird that like they may may own like parts, but I don't think they own a lot of Man. I wouldn't think they would own a lot of Manu. It's, it's l- no, it, think some... it'd be the
2: other way around. Probably. it's it's
3: Liverpool. <laughs> Liverpool, yeah.
2: So
0: Fenway Sports Group is a parent company of uh, the Boston Red Sox and Liverpool in the Premier League.
3: A parent company. So it means that they do do own own Yep. Wow.
0: They own both uh, stadiums as well, Fenway Sports Group.
2: I wonder why he's picking Fenway Sports Group.
0: I don't think it's necessarily Fenway Sports Group. I think it's it's the Boston Red Sox and it's Liverpool. Like these are top end teams that make a shit ton of fucking money, whether they win or lose. And, you know.
2: Yeah, no, I'm just thinking of where's the LeBron Boston fucking.
0: There is no LeBron Boston connection. It's the connection is he can make some fucking money and then he can sell it, and he wants to own his own NBA team. So I think this is just in short term investments for right now, and well maybe not short term, but semi long term I guess, and and then you know in ten years or whatever, then he's he's gonna start looking into owning his own NBA franchise. So I think this is just kind of a way to put his money in and make more money and sell out later on, or maybe not. And, uh, and then own his own NBA team, which he said he wants to do. So So
1: do you think he's going to do what Jordan did where he's like, uh, in the wizards where he was like a owner co-owner player?
0: Well, it depends on how things go and maybe, I mean, maybe
3: he's going to want to make decisions. I'm sure, but I, I can see exactly what Josh is saying that he's going to sell it because, one Liverpool is on the huge rise and you can buy boss or Fenway shares real low right now. Cause they sucked last year. Yeah. So, so he's, he's smart, man. Like he, he knows how to like build a brand and invest his money.
0: And this isn't the only thing that he's invested in. He's got all, all kinds of other investments I was reading about and and whatnot, but these are the major, major ones. And of course the, you know, it's a big splash buying into uh into Boston. Right. So, especially because it seems like he's a Yankees fan. When I mean, you, you watch him, he's got all kinds of Yankees gear on throughout the year and this and that. And... Not anymore.
3: Re- really? Yeah. He's, so he's, he's putting money into the other team.
0: Well, it's going to cost a lot more to buy into the Yankees, right? True. True or not. Maybe yeah. that's
3: his next in- investment. Yep.
0: Yep. So, but anyway, I just wanted to throw that in there uh, with LeBron. I just remember that. So not getting into the Raptors. Uh, we finally got our team back. All the boys are back. Siakam, Freddie Van Vliet, OG, the big names coming back, uh, which was nice to see. Uh, they are still shitting the bed. Uh, the Raptors are on a seven-game losing streak. They lost twice this week. They lost to Detroit on Wednesday, 116-112. Norman Powell had 43 points. They lost to Utah, which really wasn't a surprise, although it was a lot closer than I thought. Uh, they lost 115-112, to 112, and Siakam had 27 points. Now, they played tonight against Cleveland, uh, hopefully they can get a W here because uh, we don't want to go on three in a week, but it, it's nice to see the guys back. Uh, obviously there was some, some rust for the three guys that just came back. So they obviously aren't going to be playing to their top potential. And I mean, Siakam hasn't played to his top potential all year. So, but again, nice to see these guys back and hopefully could start putting a run together. They can get a W today. Against Cleveland, who's not shit hot either. So, get a W today, and maybe they can start putting a run together. Uh, they're in 11th place right now, and they're only three games out of a playoff spot. So, if they can actually do something, uh, then maybe, maybe. But uh, it's it's a tough go right now. And you lose a few more, and it's going to be really, really tough to make it.
3: I'm looking at this and everything like that, and because their whole team's back and they're still sucking. I say trade Larry.
1: Yeah, Larry's going to go. I mean, I think sure he's going like, to ask. He's going to want to go.
3: I I think for what uh, Houston got for PJ Tucker, that this is the time to sell. Like, Lowry's been way better than him. Get re- Just I, I know you got you Josh and Peter are really hard on for him because he's one of the greatest Raptors of all time. But oh,
2: he, like, he is the greatest Raptor.
3: Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I just I <laughs> at that point too. It's it's sell high, right? 100%, but
0: they, yeah. I mean, just last week, they said that they weren't going to trade him. So, you know, I, which leads me to believe that they're going to re-sign him next year. I mean, what else, why would they not trade him if they weren't going to re-sign him,
3: right? Right, and, and then I understand that and everything like that, but this is just my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I think they should get rid of him for what Houston got and everything like that. Like, just, like, look at Norm Powell. He had a career uh, day this week. I think he had, like, 42 points.
0: 43.
3: 43? Yep. Okay. So... And he he's been someone I've been watching for a while, and he's been dominating. And he he hasn't really he's just recently started starting. He was more of a off the bench guy, yep. and he he is impressive. He can dunk, he can shoot those threes, he plays decent defense. Like he's, I think him and Van Fleet is what you build around.
0: See, so, you now I've heard more trade rumors around uh, Norman Powell uh, this week than I have about Kyle. Really a, right, which- trade trade rumors have really quieted it down about Kyle um, after him saying, look, I'm, you know, I don't want to leave type thing. Like I haven't said that I'm going to Philly and whatever else him selling his house was just a, you know, just a reaction from COVID. It's been sitting there for a year empty. Why wouldn't you move it? Right. So I don't think that was a big issue. And so, yeah, I think maybe you got to look at Powell too. He's young. So he, he might be a more, Wanted player based just based on his age, right? No, I still right. think Kyle's better, but
3: but that's the same point because he's young. Wouldn't you want to keep him on your team and build around fair him? Fair enough, fair enough. Instead instead of getting rid of someone that's 35 or whatever, and Kyle Lowry and get him, get him like a PJ Tucker price. Yeah, I mean, get that return.
0: Obviously, getting a good return is, uh, is, is will be top, top priority. But if you've already talked to Kyle and you are, you, you know, are 99% sure that you're going to resign with each other, then maybe you, uh, because then you can still get rid of them a year later type thing, maybe get something from them. But.
3: That, if, if they, if it's like a one-year deal thing, then I I'm, I'm on board for that. But like, it, these guys have been playing bad shit. They're They've shit. been playing terrible yeah. and like, the refs, again, I know we bitch about them a lot and they haven't been helping them out or anything like that. And uh, Nick Nurse got fined 50,000 yeah, uh, K US for throwing his face mask behind the scorers' table because they. The Jazz, Utah Jazz, had 41 free throws, and the Raptors had 14.
0: It was ridiculous. Uh, Donovan Mitchell had something like 16 himself, and I was watching the game at the end, and I'm like, "How is this guy getting to the line again? Like these aren't fouls." <laughs> like, but
3: and they only lost by three.
0: Yeah, they played uh, off
3: all those free throws. Yeah, they played well, and and that's where I'm like, get some younger players. Like they have a lot of young players to begin with, but Kyle's like one of the older guys, so. Yeah, I mean and maybe you make Chris uh, Boucher like a starter and everything like that.
0: I don't think Boucher he, is he, big he, enough to be a starter. I think he's just going to get bullied. He's he's just not big enough.
3: I don't know, man. I got the same feeling with him that I had with Norm Powell. So I, I I think I think I get I get what you're saying. Yeah, he's he's not bulky at all. He's a skinny motherfucker, but he can he can play. He can definitely play. Um
0: So they're yeah, like I said, they're not doing that too shit hot. And hopefully they can change their ways against Cleveland here because they've only got a few days before this trade deadline. And to make a decision, are you going to try and make a push for the playoffs? And maybe that involves making a trade uh, for somebody else. I've heard uh, Tristan Thompson, maybe uh, coming over from Boston. Uh, But who knows, who knows, everything's up in the air and you know, we heard a ton at the beginning when about uh, Andre Drummond and, and him coming to Toronto. And then now we've heard absolutely nothing in in the last little while. And I don't even know if he's going to get traded. He he might end up just sitting on the bench for the rest of the year for Cleveland. They've only got four days to to move him, So it's uh, just kind of crazy that really things haven't to me, they haven't been as hot on the trade rumors as I would have thought at this point being only four days away, but. We shall see what happens. And uh, maybe maybe teams are keeping things secret-secret this year.
2: Yeah. Like, I think, I think the worst thing the Raptors can do right now is probably nothing. Like, they're, there's no chance that the team, the way it's constructed right now, is winning a championship this year. Yep. So either you're improving the team, adding, like, a Drummond or something, trying to make a championship run, which I don't even know if that gets you good enough. Or I think it probably makes sense to try and retool a bit, mm-hmm. you know, get, get rid of some, some players here, get some assets back and try and build for the future a little bit. I think, I think the worst thing they could do is just do nothing and see how the season plays out with the guys they got, and end up making the playoffs, maybe and losing in round one or two and who cares. Yeah, we'll
0: see what their uh, thoughts are. You know what what Masai thinks basically in the next couple of days. If he doesn't do anything, then we, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> that's tough. If he doesn't do anything, I agree with you, Peter. They got to do something. It's yeah. you know, something one way or the other. Whether it's going to be we're done, we're going to rebuild here or retool. I guess would be like I said, Peter is more the uh, the correct term. <laughs> but or add a guy or two uh, to to bolster the uh, the team for this year and. And go for it. So I hope that they add a guy as opposed to getting rid of one. You know, if it means you get rid of uh, a guy in the likes of of Norm, uh, I hate to see him go, especially because he's really starting to tear it up. But if it brings in a, a solid big that maybe even better than Drummond, I don't know who else they could maybe get, but uh, then I'd be pretty happy there. But yeah, I guess we'll see what Masai and the Raptors uh, brass decide to do.
2: My personal guess is that they, they sell a little bit and get rid of Powell maybe some other pieces and, and build for the future a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's just what I think.
3: Everyone's on opposite ends here.
2: Yeah.
0: Last little thing here for the wraps update, the nine Oh five wraps, Gary Payton, the second, who is Gary Payton, the first son, uh, like the superstar, Gary Payton. Uh, He has won the G league defensive player of the year. And uh, just kind of ironic because 26 years earlier, his father won the same prize in the NBA. So I thought that was good. Moving on from the NBA, we're going to still stick with basketball, but we're going to move into March Madness, the NCAA. Round one is complete. Uh, All four number one seeds after round one had moved on. And uh, March Madness is in full effect. There's four big upsets this this year so far. We had number 15, Oral Roberts, beating Peter's number two, Ohio State. We had the number 14, Abilene Christian, beating the number three, Texas. 13 North Texas beats number four Purdue and a 13 Ohio beats number four Virginia. And I know the Oral Roberts uh, game versus Ohio state that, that busted a ton of brackets. It was like the fourth or fifth game of the tournament and it just destroyed brackets all over the place. There was something like 92% of all of all brackets had Ohio state to win that, that game. And, Obviously they didn't, so just just destroyed brackets everywhere,
2: especially mine,
0: especially yours. Yeah, <laughs> take a look at Peters; he had Ohio
3: State going to the
0: final in
2: the finals. For fuck's sakes,
3: Didn't get out of round one, bud. So that's what you get for being Ohio State. Yeah, tonight. that's right. Uh, <laughs> I that's
2: guess why we call it Ohio so, shit. You know what bothers me even more is that fucking Abilene Christian beat Texas. And two of you took Abilene Christian to be Texas. Hey
0: man, when you got when you're a religious team, you got nuns on the side. I know that's Loyola, but I'm sure that Crichton's the same way. BYU. They have, th-
2: <laughs> they have thoughts and prayers. Yeah, they going got their thoughts way. and
0: prayers, and these teams are going to at least get past the first round. So, especially against Ohio, shit.
3: They were a little pent up, I think. That was the reason why they won. Well, I and Christian—they
0: <laughs> played really well. They were full court press the entire game, like, and they rotated guys in and out, in and out. Everybody was fresh at all times. They played a really good game, actually. I watched it last night because it was—it uh, made our scores pretty close that game. Uh, so I was I was very intently watching it and cheering for uh for and Christian there. So, so an update on our points and penalties bracket scores. Kevin's leading the pack with 22 points uh, out of the 32 possible after round one. Jesse's in second with 21. I'm in third with 20 and Peter is in fourth place with 19. Correct.
2: Fucking Ohio state.
0: (laughs) That was a big one for you. That's going to hurt you throughout (laughs) the rest now. So Jesse has the most possible uh, potential possible correct wins in the second round. So he could really take a stranglehold uh on this if he gets some questions or some uh some wins right but he's not going to (laughs) (laughs) but anyway at least it's nice and close uh i'm happy that it is close no matter where we are at least we're all within you know a point of each other type thing and uh and we haven't won one or two guys isn't way out in front and all four of us are still alive for the extra three points peter myself and jesse all have Gonzaga to win and Kevin has Kansas and they're all still alive. And I believe they will play tomorrow. Those, those two teams.
1: Um, yeah, that's right. I don't see Gonzaga doing it, but I mean, it's nothing against uh, a team that's been undefeated, but it's it's been a long time since an undefeated team has won. Uh, I don't see him doing it.
0: And you've got Kansas to beat them. Uh, I believe in the semis, no quarters.
3: Let's go Gonzo.
2: Yeah.
0: Actually, Kev, you don't even have Gonzaga. You have Gonzaga getting past this round, and then that's it.
2: That's it. Who beats him in Kev's bracket? Creighton? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so he would have right now it's So it's gonna be Gonzaga, Oklahoma. He's got Gonzaga going, and then he would be against the winner of Creighton uh USCB, which is Santa Barbara. So he really doesn't have anybody. He's got yeah, he's got he's got the winner of USCB. Or, or Ohio beating Gonzaga, which is not going to happen. Sorry. <laughs> a 12 or a 13 isn't going to beat Gonzaga as a number one. It's just not going to happen.
2: No, oh, but USCB's out. out. Sorry, sorry.
0: Sorry, yes. It's the winner of Ohio or Crichton. And he doesn't have Crichton or or uh, Ohio. So either way, Kev's going to fucking lose. <laughs> You're all losing. You're all losing, all
2: right? I'm pretty sure I'm losing, but that's Okay. <laughs>
0: Uh, so all these upsets. So as I said, you got all of, all four, number one C's you got all the number two C's except for Ohio state are still alive, which is crazy. You got seven of the eight still, still alive and all these upsets here. This is the first time in NCAA history that three teams seated 13 or worse uh, reached the round of 32 and we actually have four teams. So that's pretty crazy that, that there's this, that many upsets that move on to the round of 32. So um, if you look at my bracket, I had a ton of upsets too bad I didn't pick all of these ones, but uh, or I would be yeah. in a lot better shape. But,
2: but uh, You got Al- Abilene Christian.
0: Pat Abilene Christian, that's right.
2: And I don't know if we mentioned, but uh, Loyola Chicago beat Illinois as we're recording this. So.
0: Right, so that's what I said just, just a little bit ago, that all four number seed, number one seeds were still alive. Not so much anymore uh, as, as Illinois did beat that. Just, just finished up not too long ago. And I believe Baylor's playing right now. And actually... I mean, we've been recording. I've been kind of keeping tabs on it. It's on a commercial right now, but I think Baylor was losing. No, they're up. They're up now? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little earlier they were down, but so that would still be crazy to see a second number one seed go down today, but maybe that won't happen.
3: Uh, Illinois Hearts for me and Yosh for sure. Yeah, that's a big one. We had them in the finals. We had them moving to the finals. So Uh, we're moving on to NFL here. It was uh, free agent frenzy. This was a bonanza. A bonanza, not a
2: frenzy. A <laughs> yeah. Can it, be both? Can it mean, be both?
0: It was. It was a f- frenzy banana or bonanza. Yeah. So, so we talked
3: about uh, Dak getting a big deal. A couple of us thought he was overpaid, but it's what you pay for a quarterback now. But, anyways, we're going to go into some other guys uh, through that legal tampering period. Uh, Leonard Williams signs for three years, $63 million. Uh, resigns with the with the Giants, so that's uh that looks actually pretty good for the Giants for giving up a second round pick to get this guy who's a top five pick, and it's actually not that bad for for money wise for for D line. So like I think they got a deal on this one. I don't know what the rest of you guys think if you're if you want to comment on that one.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's a pretty good pretty good signing. Like I said, top would you say top five pick? Yeah, yeah, like he's pretty damn good. I think he was
3: number three overall. Yeah. So
0: like you said, that's, that's pretty good. 21 million a year. That's, that's not too bad. So I, I don't think we know what the guaranteed money is on that, but even still, even if he makes all his bonuses and all that, that's still a pretty good price.
3: He's still young and he's going to be dominant and the jets gave him away for a second round pick. So,
0: and they've been doing a half decent job, the giants at, uh, at signing guys so far in the last few days. So it seems like they're really trying to bolster their lineup.
3: Well, yeah, they're playing in a garbage division, so they might as well try and grab as many ga- good players as they can. One hundred percent, right? So,
2: just um, want to throw out there: I should have challenged, but I'm looking at it, so I'm not going to. But he was a sixth overall pick.
3: Uh, <laughs> I thought it was top five. A, a guy that didn't that got market value in this uh, economy for the NFL because of all the cap restrictions and everything like that. Going your cap going down, everything like that. Trent Williams got paid top dollar by San Fran. Six years, 138 million. That's a few bucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of money for a player. Like he like he is probably one of the best t- uh, tackles in the game. One or two kind of thing like that. Like he's he's really good and he played for a crappy Washington football team for a long time. So and they gave him a fifth round pick last year for this guy. Now they signed him for to a bunch of money which is going to up a bunch of cap, but they got a lot of defensive guys that are on their rookie contracts still. And they're not, and really, really good defensive guys. So to me, maybe in this climate, it was an overpay, but he's still the, like I said, one or two, number one or two in the, in the left tackle in the NFL. So I think it's good. I don't know what anyone else thinks.
0: That's a lot of money. I mean, it's six years. It's still lots of time for, you know, for him to keep doing what he's doing. And I mean, stats are going to stats are going to tell the tale, right? If he can stay healthy and, and do what he does should be worth it.
3: That's the thing
2: is, 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 his
3: health is he has had times where he's on the, been hurt in Washington and everything like that, but he's still so good.
2: And he'll be 38 by the time this contract is up.
3: Oh yeah. This contract he's not last since the end of the contract. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, well, you know what? I don't know. He might, He's pretty athletic. He's, he might be like uh, Drew Whitworth kind of thing, but it, it's unlikely he's he's there for the six years. I don't know. I didn't check out what was guaranteed and everything like that. I'm gonna assume half is guaranteed, so it's more of a three year contract. I would think, at, at least at that age. His age. Oh, mm-hmm. well, there's a bunch
0: of wide receiver signings too. Like Kenny Galladay. They had. Uh...
3: We went to your Giants that you said you yep. were signing a bunch of players. They're not
0: my Giants, but yeah, I did say that. <laughs> uh, we got Juju, uh, Will Fuller V was just signed. So a bunch of wideouts now making, uh, you know, hitting new teams. You know, Will Fuller was like $10 million for the year. That's, I don't know, that's not horrible. The only problem with that is that he had, he's suspended for a few games. So that that's going to take out of, uh, you know, you're paying uh, $10 million for, I think it's suspended for three or four more games, so you're only getting going to get twelve games out of them. But hey it is what is what it is?
3: That's still pretty good. Like yeah. he is injury prone too. Yep. But that was the problem with him. He was having a superstar year. Yes, he was there with Houston last year. So yeah. signing him for ten million dollars is nothing. Absolutely nothing.
0: And Galladay signed four years, seventy-two million. That's pretty good. He's a, one of the top-end free agent wide receivers out there. You know, he did pretty well at the end of the year. He was injured, but. Uh, he did pretty well with Stafford, so it'll be interesting to see what he does with Danny Dimes.
3: I, I think this is the time for Danny Dimes to show up and stop turning to. over the the football. Because yeah. he's uh, the only issue is is Galladay is injury, a little injury prone too. He's missed mm-hmm. he missed a bunch of games last year and a couple of years before that. But uh, I think I can't remember exactly how many touchdowns, but I think in 2019 he had he had over 10, which is you're going to pay that money to a wide receiver that's getting 10 touchdowns. And he's a, he's a big guy that can stretch the field.
0: And you had Corey Davis go to the jets, which that's fine. He's going to get lots of playing time there in New York. And they really didn't pay too much more than, uh, than Miami did for, for Will Fuller V just over 10 million a year type thing. So 12 million a year. Um, But is he going to be, a superstar. He's got Jamison Crowder, I believe, across him. if he still plays for the Jets. I'm not 100% sure on that, as opposed to... He does. does it? He does
3: play, still play for them. And he's got Sims, uh, Denzel Sims mm-hmm. still there, who's uh, is going in his second year, who's a, supposed to be a big play player, but I, I think it's an overpay for Corey Davis. I think he was carrying that top 10 first-round pick, pedigree with him, mm-hmm. and the only reason he was decent at all with, with the Titans... Was because of uh, a- 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 AJ Brown. Yeah,
0: yeah, 100. You gotta, you gotta make sure AJ Brown doesn't get that ball, so you're gonna double him a lot more, which opens up things for Corey Davis. So, but we'll see. See if he can live up to uh, his draft potential there. And then, like a lot of people, a lot of other guys restructuring their contracts or re-signing for less. You had Juju who ends up staying in Pittsburgh and signs for fucking pocket change, earlier.
3: Really. Yep, that was that was a steal. I couldn't. I I think it was like what you said. That he wants to stay with Steelers and yep. he took a big chunk out of his pay.
0: Yep, apparently uh, Baltimore here. and KC offered him more apparently, and he decided to stay with Pittsburgh. I could see staying with Pittsburgh over Baltimore ba- just based on like the uh, the rivalry thing, not wanting to go to to uh, you know that rival. But
3: but wouldn't you want to go to the rival and stick it to Pittsburgh? No,
0: I, I, for me, I would want to go to. I would want to probably go to KC and have Mahomes throw me the ball. The only thing is that there's a lot of people there. You know, you got Tyreek, you got, you got Kelsey, uh, Sammy Watkins is still there. Not that he is super t- uh, high end, but there's a lot of challenge.
3: He's a free agent. Who's that? Sammy Watkins. Oh,
0: well, whatever. <laughs> whatever. I don't give a fuck if I'm wrong. Anyway, doesn't matter.
3: Uh, pretty sure he's a free agent. Uh, but
0: anyway, um,
2: that's like the third one of those that yeah. he's got you on.
0: <laughs> oh, I don't
3: give a fuck. No, he's got me on. He's got me uh, was, on one. I was was one of those. them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: But uh, I think uh, you know maybe he was smart to go back to Pittsburgh just based on the amount of uh, receiving threats that are already in KC. But uh, I mean, good for him to take uh, a little less money and run it back with uh, with Pittsburgh.
3: So we're gonna uh, another overpay that I think that happened was the. Joe Tooney signs with KC for five years, $80 million. They lost two of their – we talked about it last week. They lost two of their tackles. And, well, they didn't lose them. They cut them. And they signed a guard. And we know that O-line is kind of bad right now, but they need tackles more or less than guards. So unless they know something within their system that I looked up and I, I couldn't really find anyone that's going to be like hot shit or anything like that, it's, it's, it seems like an overpay for this guy. But I heard that this guy was going – Joe Tooney they had a lot of bidders for. A lot of people wanted him, so I, I I think that's an overpay. I don't know. I don't know if everyone knows about uh, guard pay or not, but <laughs> no, it not seems really. like a lot. It seems like a lot for for. He's a good guard. Don't get me wrong, but I think KC could have spent their money a little bit better on tackles and stuff like that. But uh, we're gonna go look at who the def- edge defenders because they uh they got paid. They got a lot of them. Got paid. Uh, top guy that got paid was Shaquille Barrett coming back, re-signs back with the Bucks. Four years, seventy-two million dollars, uh, worth every penny. And that was be, and that was a lot to do with uh, the Brady extension and freeing up nineteen million dollars for them to go after and re-sign Shaq Barrett. They also got Levante David for nothing, two uh, two years for twenty-five million. Absolutely nothing. I think I thought he would have gotten a lot more. I think he's like 33 or something like that. So he's a little bit older, but he's still a really, really great player. And we all saw him in the Super Bowl and how well he performed there. He, obviously, it wasn't as well as uh, Devin White, but he's a lot younger. But Levante David has been really good for the Bucks for a long time. An overpay. My Rams signed Leonard F- Floyd for a four-year, $64 million. I think it's an overpay. He had a career year with them. He did nothing with the Bears, comes over to the Rams, gets 10.5 sacks a year, career year with him. I think $16 per year is a lot for him. I do think he's one of the best edge defenders in the run. One of the few people that I think is better than him is uh, J.J. Watt, and he's more of a a, a tackle. He's one of the best run defenders, and I think that's what the Rams were looking for. So am I happy about the signing? Yeah, because we needed edge defenders really badly, and if he can put up another 10 and a half or 11 sacks I'll be pretty pretty happy with that Uh, a deal Hassan Reddick going to Carolina one year eight million
0: I don't even know who that is (laughs) he was a first round pick of the the Cardinals
3: okay uh he kind of he had a big year in his contract year it's good timing (laughs) yeah exactly and uh he wasn't really known to be that good to begin with, like for the last three years until he had a huge year this year, but that was a lot to do with uh, Chandler Jones being out, I think. Mm-hmm. So he came in and did really well. Uh, Trey Hendrickson, he got he got paid by Cincy, who never spends money. Four years, 60 million. He's kind of like Hassan Redick, So I think it was kind of an overpay on this one, to tell you the truth. Just because he, he had a career year this year, but he had a way better uh, presence as an edge defender in the run so he can make hold that edge and not let guys get around him
0: what are your thoughts on all the tight ends that were signed like you had you had gronk who signs for a year for 10 milli back in tampa and then you've got uh johnny smith four years in new england at 50 mil and hunter henry again with new england three years 37 and a half million that's a it's a lot of money for johnny smith and hunter henry
3: and they're both they, they get injured a injury lot, too. prone, 100%. You
0: know, especially when you get a you look at a guy like Gronk, who yeah, he, he has spent his time on the uh injured list too, but he's a proven, proven player year in and year out. He's gonna put some numbers up. He, obviously, he's not as uh as top end as he used to be, but hey, when it comes in comes down to it, he's still uh he's still a pretty damn good player. But that that dollar difference between these, you know, and they're putting they got 87 and a half million dollars in tight ends now you got two number one tight ends but you can't feed them the ball like a number one tight end because you got to share it so
3: well i'll go into that in my penalty box with about the spending of the patriots but i'll say this these guys got paid of what their potential can be Mm -hmm. because they can really really get yak yards after the catch the both of them their blocking is suspect kind of thing like that like that's the thing that gronk has he can block yeah but he doesn't have the speed of these two. No, no, no. And I honestly like 10 million seems like a lot for Gronk to tell you the truth. Like he had, a, he had a great uh, Super Bowl, but he didn't do a whole lot other than that. Like no. like, he, like he, that's a lot of money to put. And if it wasn't such a cap strap year, maybe I, I would say that it's not that it's not that much, but I, I get that they're going to go, they're trying to repeat obviously with all these mm-hmm. re-signings and everything like that. But it doesn't. It seems like it's too much for a guy that's like, yeah, he knocked off the cobwebs this year and he had a great Super Bowl and that probably parlayed this into a decent deal for him. Mm-hmm. But he was taking like no money in in uh, New England and then he gets paid now. Yeah. So it's, it's 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 interesting. I think he can do a lot of stuff. And the thing is, is they get uh, OJ Howard back and then they got uh, Brett right there too. Yeah, Cameron Brett. Yeah. So, uh, they got a lot of tight ends. They got a lot of receivers. It, the Bucks team looks like they're reloading and ready to go, and and that has a lot to do with obviously Brady and the restructure and everything like that. But uh, I just want to go back to the edge defenders that I want to talk about. Was uh, another one with Matt Judon, four years, fifty six million with the Patriots. I would say that's what he's worth. Maybe a little bit of an overpay. He's a pretty good player. Doesn't rack up. A whole bunch of sacks, but good run defender and everything like that. Uh the one guy, Peters, Tennessee Titans, five years, 82.5 million, Bud Dupree.
0: I think that's a stretch.
3: You think it's a stretch?
0: Yeah. I don't think he's gonna be nearly as good as he was in Pittsburgh. I think he had uh TJ Watt taking up a lot of attention, and I don't think he puts up nearly the uh the stats that he he has if you look back on his stats, he wasn't shit hot until he got uh TJ. So I think that they're they're spending quite a bit of money here. Uh, like maybe it's not crazy money for him, but I don't think he's going to put up the numbers that they expect him to put up from Pittsburgh.
3: I I think you're right on the TJ Watt, he's not going to put up the numbers, but I think Tennessee had to go out and pay for someone like this. They are garbage at getting after the quarterback. Just absolutely garbage. That like that's a va- uh, variable defense. Like they should be able to get after the quarterback and they've tried to get like Mick Beasley in there. Did nothing. Clowney did nothing. Well, he got hurt, mm-hmm. but still he hasn't been a huge sack number guy anyways. So I think they paid what he was worth market value with his stats. Yes. With TJ Watt, they will go down for sure. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But I think this is an even deal.
0: So the the one other uh, signing that I wanted to ask you a question about Jess was uh, Aaron Jones. So he re-signs in green Bay four years, 48 million. Do you think that that was a good signing and a smart signing? And my reasoning being is because they gave the ball to AJ Dillon a lot at the end of the year. So if, if the, if your replacement is already on the, the, the team, you know, what's the thought process here of, of signing him for the four years, for forty eight million, that's that's to me, that's kind of dumb. If you've already got that replacement now, maybe they're looking to go with a committee back or a committee backfield. But I don't know. I thought,
3: I think they're going with the committee. They did this year too with Jamal Williams uh, and Dylan mm-hmm. and Aaron Jones, and Aaron Jones still stood out. He no, well, he he's definitely the, most, the best running back they've got on the on the. Team he's right gotten now. the most touchdowns, I believe, in the NFL for the last two years. So to let a guy go away with that. And plus he can, he can catch the ball. He can uh, he's, he's good at run the ball. He even pretty good around the, the, the goal line at getting touchdowns there and everything mm-hmm. like that. So it's a lot of money for a running back. Cause everyone knows that running backs are, 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 they're going back to the way of just not signing them. So th- I think it was like 13 million a year or something like that. But I think, I think it's a good signing and they ne- it was something they needed to do because they lost Jamal Williams. They needed another running back and they'll probably use him as sparingly like a committee, like you said, mm-hmm. around the goal line. I think AJ Dillon will take a lot more handoffs this year, obviously without Jamal Williams there and everything like that. Right. But your third down back is going to be AJ.
0: So, so overall, for, you think it's a good signing
3: for Green Bay? Yeah, I think it's a gr- good signing. I think, I think he's a huge playmaker um he's had a couple injuries but nothing it's it's he's a he's at the running back position so he's getting hit a lot like if you look at uh, McCaffrey he was gone for most of the year last year mm-hmm. and he just signed a huge yeah. huge contract so hopefully he gets back together and everything like that and hopefully aj can avoid getting hurt because it seems like whenever the only only running back i can find recently that hasn't like had a garbage year after signing is uh Henry like Zeke did pretty good after the signing? I'll agree with that the the year he did, but last year he slowed down. Obviously, Dak was gone for most of the year, but you can see his speed has slowed down. But Henry, he signed and he got two thousand yards in in the sixteen games too, which is impressive because now they're moving to that seventeen game, and someone getting over two thousand yards rushing is going to mean mean as much.
0: I got to second that. Yeah, Peter, he's my fantasy running back. So I have Zeke and him and, and uh, Henry has now taken over the number one running back spot on my team. So uh, I definitely second that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so just because it's, it involves my team, uh, I wanted to kind of talk about a few things just real quick. So we lose Kyle Fuller. We got to release them because they need cap space. Who is one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Uh, he signs with Denver on one year deal worth nine and a half million. Yeah, shitty to let, to see him go. But if you need to have cap space, you gotta have cap space. Then we get to see our quarterback, ex-quarterback Mitch Mick Trubisky sign in Buffalo. So I can't get rid of this fucking guy. You know, first he's on my primary team and now he goes to my secondary team. Uh, he's gonna be on the bench unless Allen gets hurt. I can't see this guy playing a fucking minute unless Allen he,
3: he, he he'll he's gonna because like they're kind of like the same player. Right. The only thing is, is Allen has accuracy. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> and a bigger arm. And a bigger arm. So, but they both like to run around. So hopefully he can it watch it. could be a good fit. Learn.
0: But yeah, I don't, I don't think, unless he gets hurt, I don't think he's going to see too much time.
3: Well, Tr- Trubisky had more wins than Nick Foles and Dalton yeah, last year. Well, uh, <laughs>
0: that's not, I mean, that's my next thing is, Andy, Dal- Andy Dalton gets to come to Chicago, the Red Rifle. Gets to come to Chicago one year, 10 million. They've said he's the starter. Uh, Now last week I had said that Foles was getting paid a shit ton of money and he is not, he's getting paid $4 million this year. That's it. So I was definitely wrong on that. I thought he was getting a lot more than that, but either way, I don't want to spend $14 million on these two fucking idiots. (laughs) Give the ball. Like I would have rather them (laughs) sign chase fucking Daniels again, man. Like, but anyway, really? yeah, I, I don't like either of these guys. But the thought process here is that they couldn't make a move now for Russ. Apparently, Pete Carroll in his, you know, being older, he's like 70 or something like that. Uh, he has said that he is not interested in a rebuild, so there's no way they're trading uh, Russ. Now, who knows? They Like I said, I believe last week, they would have a $39 million cap hit if they trade him before July or before June, one or the other. So that's obviously huge so that's probably why they didn't trade him the obviously the bears had to go do something especially with watson up in the air whether houston's going to trade him or not or if he goes to fucking prison or something with all these crazy allegations of sexual assault and whatnot that have been coming out which is something that we haven't even touched on and we'll probably wait until we get a little bit more concrete information uh before we have a conversation about that but i'm not i'm not excited to see Andy dalton at all I'm not excited to see Nick Foles. It's just going to be one of those standard fucking years in Chicago again, where the defense is going to be wasted because the offense is shit. And uh, we're going to end up not making the playoffs, going to lose the division again to green Bay and probably don't even beat Minnesota this year.
2: That's just Chicago football. I mean,
0: well it is. And I was hoping (laughs) that maybe we could make a fucking change this year, but no, that's not going to happen. So
3: they tried, man. They they tried, they tried to get Russ. They did. Did you see that deal? It was like three first round, three first and two
0: starters. Yeah. That's. And I think a lot of the the Seattle brass wanted to make the move, but they get no quarterback in return. And I mean, unless one of those players was Foles, but again, you get no quarterback in return. And, uh, and again, with uh, Pete Carroll being, I think he's 70 or in that range, he's not looking to rebuild. He wants to win. So uh, so I think that's what, what the stepping block was, but who knows in the future, and maybe they can package up uh, Andy Dalton with uh, as one of those players now, so that Seattle can potentially have a mediocre starter. Uh, <laughs> it's so that they can draft us a, a real starter for the following year or what have you. But I was pretty disappointed with Chicago uh, uh, this week. And I was, I got pretty pissed off one day and, you know,
2: it looked like it pained you just to call him mediocre that time. <laughs> yeah, <he's>, he is <laughs> mediocre,
0: man. Like, serviceable at best. Man. It's uh, mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> so, But anyway, that's it. That's Chicago. Like you said, Peter, that's Chicago football. We do defense. We don't know how to do offense. Uh, <laughs> although one, one good thing was uh, uh, A-Rob, although it said he wasn't going to sign his, his uh, franchise tender uh, after the signing of of Dalton he just he did decide so maybe Dalton called him up and was like yo bro I'll give you the ball every play <laughs> and <laughs> and maybe he was like all right all right I'll take my money then and but who knows so it'll be interesting year as per usual in Chicago
3: I think they're going to trade him I think they they he signed it just so then he said he's like we're gonna get you out of here yes I think they're gonna so you take, think take a
0: territory. few a few months type thing like you think it happens before the season or
3: yes I think like uh so I think they have to like they're locked in to that franchise tag on uh, July 1st. Oh, sorry,
0: you think they're going to trade A-Rob? A-Rob. Sorry, I thought you were talking about Dalton. Okay.
3: No, no, I think they're going to, I think they're going to trade, they tag him and, and they're going to try and trade him. Mm. Tag and trade. And and see, and see if they can move up in that draft. Like they're in a really horrible position unless some quarterbacks start dropping, yep. which I highly doubt it because the Patriots are in front of you and they need a quarterback. Yeah, there's too. a lot
0: of need in front in front of us.
3: So I, I I think they're going to try and trade up, but this is another team that traded up to the second overall to get Trubisky mm-hmm. in front of San Fran. Mm-hmm. They swap places. They San didn't even Fran need to
0: fucking afraid. trade up, and they could have got both two superstars instead. So, yep.
3: And you know what else they missed in that draft, Josh? Who's that? Mahomes,
0: right? That's that the two guys, Mahomes and Watson. Oh, Those are the two guys yeah. that they did not need. To, they didn't need to trade up for. It could have got them.
3: Uh. They could have traded back a little. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, they fucked up. That's for sure. <laughs> I don't see Pace and Nagy coming out of the 2021 season as Bears. I don't
3: see. I think Nagy has a little bit more because he hasn't had a quarterback to fair enough to do anything. Yeah. With. But Pace, they need to get rid of that. Yeah. Like I get, like he tried to get wilson but
0: that's the I only think- way to save their jobs in my opinion is somehow they can get wilson or watson depending on how that shakes down but they, they obviously had to make some some sort of move. so at least they did something they got like like a mediocre quarterback i would have you know what who i would have been happier with fucking fitz magic i would have loved having fitz magic as a quarterback like he's not putting up massive numbers but i always like fitz magic and might as well
3: add it to his resume, yeah. man. Like he hasn't played for the Bears yet. No, so. I
0: think he's on nine teams. Has been on nine teams now, and I believe that's the most most teams a quarterback has ever started for was nine teams. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Somebody fucking challenge me.
3: <laughs> no, I think you're right. Yeah. And and he signed with um, the Washington, Washington Football Team. Yeah,
1: that's his ninth. So team, he's yeah. gonna be
3: he's gonna he's gonna be starting yeah, there too. For sure. So yeah. It's funny. Yeah. So
1: guess you are gonna go on to our. Uh, other stuff here. I'm uh, just watching a live kind of update in regards to the uh, Honda Classic Golf PGA. We have uh, Matt Jones right now that's still leading at minus 11. And then we have AA uh, a. Ron Weiss is uh, leading up and uh, tied for second at uh, minus seven. Uh, we have, uh, what is his name here now? Sam Ryder is also tied here for second with minus seven. And I'm just going to give one last one here. Uh, Brandon Hagee is also tied for minus seven there at the uh, Honda Classic. Uh, Soccer wise, um, Alfonso Davies. Canadian. uh, Canadian, that's right. Good Canadian guy for uh, playing for Byron. Gets a, um, what is it, those free throws in, bounce off his chest once for a heel kick uh, between the defender's leg and ended up stepping on his ankle. Of course, drops like a stack of potatoes. Probably,
0: probably fucking a bigger sack than LeBron. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he hits the ground and complains and ref gives uh, Alfonso a uh, yellow card first and then decides to go into a video review where it shows that, yeah, okay, shit happens. You stepped on my ankle and I dropped. So he gave him his very first red card as a professional football player. So
0: did it look like he stomped on his foot? Like I didn't see this. So
1: No, uh, it's just more of a back heel underneath his, the, the defender's legs. But when he did it, his follow through ended up stepping on his ankle.
0: Do you think it was intentional?
1: Not at all. Not at all. Hmm. It was not, it's not at all. His back was towards him. Yeah. I mean, if you're trying to do a heel kick, I mean, you're not facing him. I mean, I didn't see any intentional uh, at all, but of course the other team, the wines, wines, and, Ref goes into a video review and, like I said, gives Alfonso Davies his very first red card. Uh, but Byron Byron does go on to win that match for nothing uh, with um, Lewonski getting his, uh, I believe, his second hat trick at, at home. Uh, so, good win for them, regardless, you know, that uh, Alfonso wasn't there. Davies is a damn
0: good player, man. It's uh, it's crazy how young he is and, and how well. Fast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, it's, uh, it's nice to see that. Uh... Canadian boys getting a little bit of recognition and he's getting some, some good playing time with a, with a good team and love, love to see that.
1: Yeah. Same here. Uh, Just unfortunate. His very first read. I don't see too many more in the future for him either. Uh, It's
0: no big deal. He misses that game, would probably miss the next game I believe, but Hey, it is what it is. And uh, like you said, he might not, uh, if it wasn't intentional, I mean, he wasn't trying to stomp on him. So, you know, it's not like he's not going to try and do it again. Like he's just, he's just doing his thing and he stepped on the guy's leg and, Buddy went down, like you said, like a ton of bricks. He probably got a little bit of ice spray put on him, and then he was back up, no problem. And a,
1: <laughs> oh, no you know, problem.
0: So I don't think there's too much to worry about this. You know, sucks for uh, for Davy, sucks for Byron, but uh, it is what it is. It happens, and uh, they'll move on, and they'll still kick ass because they're a good they're a good football team.
1: Yes, uh, and speaking of the uh, with that red card, we're going to go into a UFC fight night. It wasn't too much on the draw. Um, this one here is the one that stood out to me. It was uh, Grant Dawson defeats uh, Leonardo Santos in the third round. And I'm telling you, it was like seconds into that third round, the third and final round. Gets him on his back and throws uh, hammer fists. <laughs> Connects twice. And I'm telling you, man, knocked him straight out on his second hammer, hammer fist and got two more in there before the ref jumped oh. in and stopped it. It was just horror awful. It's this guy's head was just bouncing off the mat. It was just something unreal. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's, it's pretty funny. And that's what I got there for, uh, for my other stuff here, boys.
0: Okay, why don't you tell us who's, who's in your penalty box?
1: My penalty box today, I have um, Blake Wheeler. Had a complete meltdown. Slanges, smashes his stick off the boards when they tie up the game at 2-2. Um, he was on the ice for all, what, minus three? Uh, on the uh, empty net goal, he picks up the puck, throws it over the glass, and gets a game misconduct along with it. Game misconduct really doesn't matter much because the game's fucking over. But needless to say, he's still got his 10-minute game of con because of uh, a little bit of a meltdown. Let's go. Uh, Peter, Who's in, who do you got in your penalty box here, bud? So I touched on it earlier, uh, but in my penalty box
2: is Freddie Anderson. So Freddie Anderson – He's put up an 8.76 save percentage in March. And that's not near good enough. And now Jack Campbell is back from injury. And he's got back-to-back shutouts. One being something like three weeks ago. And one being last night. And he's got a 9.51 save percentage on the season. Only playing three games. So we have a bit of a brewing goalie controversy here in the Leafs' net. And there's... There's a chance that Freddie Anderson is injured. He didn't play at all last night. He wasn't even the backup. Hutch was the backup last night for Campbell on Saturday night. And it was announced that Freddie Anderson had a lower body injury. So we don't know if he's been fighting something, if he's got a nagging injury or something. And maybe that's what's causing him to uh, not perform as well as he can. But if, if that's the case, I think he needs to take some time off, get himself healthy, and get back to where he needs to be uh, while the Leafs are still in the lead here. So, yeah, I think there's a bit of a goalie controversy brewing here, and it looks like Jack Campbell is um, putting together a serious bid to take the net away from Freddie.
1: And I see. I, it should happen. I really do.
2: I agree with you, Kev. I would, I would give the net to the hotter goalie. And, like I said, if Freddie's hurt, take take two weeks off. Get yourself healthy. I don't know what you need, but we need Freddie to be better than what he's been. And if it's because he's injured, then he should be doing whatever it takes to get himself healthy come playoff time. Because the way he's been playing re- of late, not going to get it done. And this team is, uh, for one, they need to win a fucking playoff round. Please, the love of God, win a playoff round.
0: So I think if he's hurt, then yes, they absolutely need to put him on the bench, get him healthy, because you need him for the long run, the long haul. You need him for the long, hopefully long playoff run. If he's not, he just needs to get his shit together, and they need to keep playing him so that he can get better, And because reps are going are gonna to hopefully make him improve, where sitting on the bench isn't, if he's healthy. But again, if he's not healthy, then in my opinion, yeah, like you said, Peter, you got to put him on the bench so he can get healthy, and uh, and ride this ride Campbell like sure the two shutouts were three weeks apart but he's obviously playing decent so let it run and uh, and see what you can do
1: what I noticed though is that the the team plays totally different when Anderson's in the net than they did with Campbell I mean I don't understand why they can't play the consistent game with whoever's in net. I mean Freddie yeah he he stands on his head sometimes but it's just a different way of style of play. What I've watched with Freddie and net to what uh, to their backup or Campbell.
2: Yeah, well, it can subconsciously get to you. Like if you don't think the guy that's in the net is going to bail you out and make a save when it needs to, that can make you play different. Like that can make you play more more cautious and hundred percent not make plays that you should be making because you're 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 thinking if you turn it over or something then it's in the back of your net. Uh, it gets you down, it can have a big impact. So the, the team in front needs to have confidence in the guy in the net that they are going to make the big save uh, inevitably when it happens. This is the NHL. There's going to be high danger scoring chances that happen.
1: Well, if Campbell didn't slide and do what I say, like the Bedour or uh, Ohashik, 2 pad I mean, stack. That, that puck was the in 2
2: pad stack. Well, that's right. And and if it had went in, everybody would have said, well, you know, it's not the goalie's fault. It's it's a tough save to make, but
1: yeah.
2: it's the goalie's job to make those tough saves. And yeah, it can be hard. Sometimes you got to make the saves that you're not expected to make. And that's how you make it in the, in the bigs.
0: Definitely. got to agree with you, Peter on the, uh, you know, having confidence in your goaltender. Kev, you and I play on the same, uh, same men's rec league team. And I know we're talking rec league versus pros, but if you don't have confidence in that guy and Kev, you and I both play defense, we, we weren't really partners, but uh but I'm sure you probably felt the same way. There was some, sometimes we, uh, we we're definitely weren't confident in our goaltender. And you, you know, you, if you exactly what you said, Peter, I was, there was many times that I was worried if I, if I turn this puck over, it's probably going to be in the back of the net. No, I don't really me wrong. I'm not a fucking superstar. Never was probably turned the puck over more times than I didn't turn the puck over. But, but again, it's that confidence uh, standpoint. And when you got these pros that aren't confident about, about their goalie, it is definitely going to affect their game and uh, and how they play defensively.
3: I think there's another thing you got to bring in account here is how many games Frederick has played. For sure, like he in the last couple of years, like it's all he's done is played a bunch and bunch of games. Yeah, he's been hot here, and then he gets tired come playoff time.
0: They mm. so like, overwork him. He takes a lot of exactly. shots too.
3: Yeah, they haven't had a good defense forever, and and you might as well bring in a new goalie to play a little bit more split in half and relieve a little bit of the, of the stress of playing every day for Frederick. Like, I, I just – I've seen – and that was the huge thing with the Leafs was, like, they never had a competent backup goalie. Like, he was doing – he was, like, probably in the top five in, in starts.
0: Oh, you mean Justin Pogie was no good?
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, the Leafs the Leafs destroyed Pogie. Poggi was a great goalie. Okay. <laughs> no, he anyway. was a great goalie.
3: <laughs> anyway, so that's the, that, That's my reasoning behind that. I think I think they need to give him a break more.
0: Low, more often some load management now. wouldn't hurt him. That's <laughs> for sure. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, and that's exactly what Jack Campbell was brought in to do. He unfortunately got hurt. He's only played, you know, four games this year. But that's his job, and hopefully, that'll be what happens moving forward because, you know, it's a small sample size, but hes I'm just looking at his stats now this season. He's got a 965 save percentage this season in in those four games, which is elite.
0: Yeah, small sample size, but yeah, elite for sure.
2: Yeah. I don't think that's sustainable. I'm sure that'll drop well lower than that in several more games, but he might still be the better goalie right now. And maybe that's a matter of, Freddie's fatigue or maybe it's injury. We don't know. Whatever happens, I think Freddie's got to get back to where he can be.
1: I agree.
2: That's the end of my box. So, Josh, who's in yours?
0: So, I've got the NCAA in my box. And the reason being is the difference in men's versus women's weight rooms uh, in their respective March Madness bubbles. Just absolutely ridiculous. Um, We had uh, Oregon player Sedona Prince she posted on her TikTok calling the NCAA out and she posted a picture. Actually, I think it was a little video of what their weight room was compared to the men's weight room. So in the video, it shows a a set of dumbbells and about a half dozen yoga mats for the ladies. And then quick flip over to what the, men, uh, the men's tournament has. And they've got racks and racks and racks of weights, you know, racks for squats and Bench press and you know all these other treadmills and all this other good, all this good exercise equipment and and training equipment and and the women have absolutely nothing. They initially at NCAA said the reasoning behind it was because they didn't have room. Uh, and of course, in this uh, in this video, <laughs> she shows she pans around and half of the fucking auditorium that they're practicing in for her their practice court is just empty. So she's like, "Come on, NCAA! That like, how is it that you don't have space? Like, we clearly have space here." Uh, so it obviously wasn't too much longer after uh, of, of there was a, a few players actually, I believe that called them out the, the, from the, uh, the women's college uh, leagues. And, and then you had the, some NBA players uh, speaking out in favor of the ladies as well. Uh, Steph Curry had said, you know, he said, come on now. something it's gotta be better than that or something to that effect. So basically everybody's calling the NCAA out and they have since apologized saying that, uh, that we fell short this year. Well, no shit. Like you gave them one set of dumbbells and a half dozen yoga mats. Like that's just brutal. Uh, So they, like I said, they have apologized. And of course now uh, they have purchased or, or brought in a bunch of weight weightlifting equipment and training equipment for the ladies. It's still not, it's quite as much as the, uh, the men's, but it's something and it's better than what they had. Uh, And it just goes to show the, uh, the difference in the two, two leagues, men's versus women's, uh, you know, I'm going to argue, I don't think it's right by any stretch of the imagination and they need to have essentially the same, the, the same setup for both. But I think a big part of it is probably going to be the money. And I think that's a big thing the, the men's uh, tournament brings in, a, I don't know the number, but it's got to be a ridiculous number that, that the men's tournament brings in. And the, the women's tournament won't bring in nearly as much funds. So they're probably saying, well, we make, you know, as an arbitrary number, we'll say we make a hundred million dollars on the men's tournament and we only make $10 million on the women's tournament. So the amount of money that they can spend is proportionate to what they can bring in. Now that's probably a good reason, but it's bullshit. And they still need to bring on they need to give the women the same uh, facilities as the men so that they can achieve their goal. The, the men's tournament is no more important than the female tournament to the respective teams and the respective leagues. So like I said, the NCAA is in my box for this and uh, they have got it right. They figured it out. Uh, At least on this, apparently there's a few other small, uh, some, some other issues with the food not being any good, but I don't know if that's different compared to the men's. I don't know if the men's getting prime rib and the ladies are getting Salisbury steak, but either way they fixed it, which was good, but they, they gotta be in your penalty, in my penalty box for that, because it's just asinine to have, one set of dumbbells and and some yoga mats actually kind of funny one of our local uh sports anchor broadcaster kate burness she had posted on her instagram that she had the same weight room in her condo uh, that uh, the, the the ladies had for the March madness and she literally took a picture of it and it was the same thing she had a yoga mat there and a set of dumbbells and it was exactly the same same training equipment so pretty pretty weak on the ncaa's part here but i'm glad that they fixed it and uh and hopefully they've learned from this, uh, and, and they'll they'll make the women's game just as equal uh, to the men's game, even though we know it's not going to make nearly the cash flow that the men's does.
3: Well, just going to that uh, that food that you said, there were more TikTok video now again. Do those hold up? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the men had like it was like a buffet, and the women had yeah like TV dinners. I see. That that's what there was complaining about that mm-hmm. and. Yeah, like I didn't hear, I didn't read or see anything about that. Like, actually, on any news, I just saw that in the the TikTok of them. But I, I like the they need to be a lot better with that weight room stuff. And I, and I get that they're trying to do like the segregation because they're not playing each other, so there's no reason to use the same weight room.
0: No, and they're not even the same cities. I'm pretty sure that, that the women's tournament is in a completely different city. The men's is in Indianapolis. Is and I think oh, it's in, okay. Yeah. I mean, hopefully don't challenge me on that. I mean, go ahead if you want, but, <laughs> I, I, but I don't know, but I'm pretty I, sure I, they're in separate cities. So it's okay. not like the women could use the men's. Okay. So that makes sense.
2: Yeah. And I think you're absolutely right, Josh, that it's, it's an economics thing. Like it's obviously the male tournament has way more viewership and, and receives a lot more revenue. But, and I don't know the nitty gritty of how any of this works, but I don't see any reason why they can't share that revenue with the 100%. female programs and give them the same facilities and same food.
3: Uh, same opportunity, like that, really, maybe, more or less, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. And
0: they could do better too, because they the women's tournament has just started. So it's a few days later, but what are you watching right now? I mean, I've got, I've got the men's tournament on right now. I'm not watching the women's. It has nothing to do with women's, but the, it, it is, you know, the men's is, is historically uh, maybe not necessarily a, a more exciting tournament, but it's the one that's, that's uh, broadcast and it's broadcast in your face nonstop. If they push it to maybe end of March for the women's and made it, you know, I know it's going to sound stupid as April madness, but, but allow the women's tournament to be seen more.
2: April anarchy.
0: But like I said, let it be seen more and maybe you're going to get more ad revenue then and maybe you can actually make some more money from the female tournament. But uh, By having it on pretty well at the same time as as the men's, I don't think you're doing yourself any favors.
3: That's a good idea. I, I like that I, that suggestion there to, to, to do that. Yeah. Because, yeah, why would you run at the same time? Stupid. If they're not getting enough... It's like the same thing when uh, NBA and NHL and the MLB all playing during the beginning of the NFL season. Yep. What is everyone going to watch? Yep. I know Canada is going to watch NHL, but everywhere else is going to be watching NFL. Sure. It's
0: Until it hits like, f- uh, playoffs for baseball. And then, then it'll be like probably 50, 50 in the U S.
3: Yeah. You know? Like it's, it, you just, you don't want to run against a tougher competition. Yep. And I understand that why, like I get what they're rewarding the men because they bring in the more money. But as you just said, you gotta, you gotta share the program a little bit to give the opportunity for both. Yep. And one way to, to, if you want to generate more money is to do it on a, a time when they're not playing. Yeah. hundred percent.
0: I would watch the tournament if it wasn't on
3: at the same time. And if, if, if that's the case and you're worried about, especially weight room stuff, do it the next month and you just have to clean everything. Yeah. One one or, and, and then you move the, the women in. Yep.
0: I agree. Now, maybe that's a, an issue uh, logistically with, with the stadiums and whatnot, but. Obviously, we don't know that, and we would have you know that would have to be looked at by yeah, the NCAA. Just exactly, exactly. So, but anyway, so the NCAA shit in the bed is in my box. So, Jesse, who do you got in your box
3: today? All right. So, Bill Belichick has gone on a spending spree, like we were talking about it. Uh, them signing the two tight two tight ends, uh, Hunter Henry and Gina, uh, Gianno Smith, for decent money. Now, the reason why Bill Belichick and the and the Patriots are in my penalty box is because. Why couldn't they do this with Tom Brady? I get they had a lot of money without him there and everything like that. But as we just saw, Tom Brady took a restructure, which he's done constantly with Boston. He just wanted to get weapons. He wanted input. It's kind of like the Russ and Russell Wilson and Pete uh, Pete Carroll thing. He wanted input and he wanted weapons to play a better game. But Bill Belich- Belichick is is fairly stubborn and everything like that. And I think like the one thing is is he's kind of learning, so he's spending money now. Like I said, like you he got uh, those two high-priced tight ends. He's got Matthew Judon, who's a great pass rusher, huge, paid huge money again for them. Uh, Kyle Van Noy, who's coming back to the Patriots, who had one season with Miami, and they cut him. And then they signed Nelson, Nelson Aguilar, who's a, who had a career year with uh, the Raiders and everything like that. So he's going to try and take the top off the defense for sure, and he's been playing pretty well. They re-signed David Andrews again, their center, who's who's a great player. So they got everything there except for the quarterback with Cam Newton. They re-signed him for 13 million or so. So I what I don't understand is what took so long for Bill Belichick to do this. Like he just wanted to run the same same offense where Tom does everything, and hopefully his pass catchers catch the ball, which wasn't happening. So now he's bringing he's trying to revitalize that two tight end set that he had with Aaron Hernandez and, and uh, Gronk, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. And they ran the ball a bunch and everything like that. Uh, They're trying to, they're going to get a bunch of players back from uh, their defense, which uh, I I can't remember how many options. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was like four or five starters. And then uh, a couple bench players. So that was the reason why their defense wasn't, as good as it could have been. And now they're all coming back this year. So I think the Patriots are gonna be good, but they still need a quarterback. I just wish that if they kept Tom Brady and re-signed him, I know they wanted to move on and because they didn't think he had anything left, but clearly they were wrong because mm-hmm. he won he the won Super Bowl with uh, the Bucks first year. So
0: I think the reason that they're spending all this money now is because they thought that their system was great and they thought they could do it with anybody. They 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 push Tom off. Tom leaves, and now they haven't done a fucking thing. I think they got embarrassed, and I think now they're like, we need to get back to where we were. We have a uh, you know a certain level in New England of winning, and I think they were embarrassed, and they are now going out to try and fix that embarrassment so that they don't look like they're fucking stupid. <laughs> At which I mean, we like you just said they they were wrong on Tom. They were wrong. They should have kept him. And now obviously if you want to move on, you want to rebuild, I get that. You got a lot of older guys on that defense too. So you're not really in rebuild mode. So I thought they could, they should have, I mean, I thought it was a dumb move for them to, to get, to let him go uh, to begin with. But again, I think they were embarrassed of last year and that they, they shit the bed and they're trying to fix it and uh, we'll see. But I don't, uh, I don't think Cam is going to be the, the answer there. And yeah, he's probably just a, another one year type thing. And hopefully they can make a, a draft pick or make a move or whatever for the following year. But, uh, obviously that uh, we'll have to wait and see, but I think they're embarrassed and that's why they're spending all this money now.
1: Do you think bill is the issue though? I mean, when do you, when do you decide uh, if this coach is, uh, done? I mean.
3: Uh, he's the best po- coach in in the NFL. Yeah, He's, he's got a long leash, man. I, I don't, and he's obviously trying to do something different this year. So, so if this doesn't work, do you think he stays?
1: I mean, do you think New England's I, I gonna him? I guarantee
3: he's gonna be there for the for the full year, depending on if he wants to retire or not or anything like that. I think he's gonna try and make a play to get a receiver as well. Sorry, a quarterback trying to see if he can move up. But again, they're sitting at seven. They had seven and nine, so it wasn't even like it was like a terrible season. Like they weren't like your hot no. Atlanta. So <laughs> they. Not so hot, Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, like they, they they still went seven and nine, and they still have the Bills and Miami in their division. So, yeah, they have the Jets, but I think they're yeah they're trying to reload. I think another season with Cam might be better, and I think it's just going to be a run and three tight end sets and stuff like that. They're, it's going to be like uh, you're going to see constant like goal line stances and stuff like that with uh, another receiver that they got was Kendron Kendren Bourne, who's Tall as fuck, so he's gonna be like another tight end out there, yeah. but but obviously uh, out wide. But I just I don't like talking about the Patriots, but it was just it was just an interesting way that they they did this, and they're in my penalty box more or less for what happened the year before, and they're changing their ways, which is I agree with what they're doing, but you screwed up, not uh, not keeping Tom for sure, for sure. Well, do we have very many challenges this week? There's two. A couple, couple, right?
2: So there's two. I'm going to give Jesse the plus on the free agent, whoever the fuck yep. it was, against Josh. I don't think Jesse deserves a plus Aww. for the Ovechkin 67. Come miles, on, so,
3: you gave me crap for that but, McGregor one. Here's Peter again bitching about his committee.
2: We'll put it to the committee. I'll <laughs> take the minus, no problem. I just, I'm not sure Jesse deserves a plus. He well, that's kind of number, my fault because I
0: jumped in there with. Uh, with, with the jumping actual the number numbers. yeah yeah and
3: you got me last week with yeah. the i said mcdavid but i meant mcgregor and i thought we were going to not hit, hit on names or, on names but i still took it and i
2: didn't <laughs> wind about it so. <laughs> all right all right i'll give you the plus two then all right even though you didn't throw it a number the
3: typical Peter.
0: oh well, that's my fault man if you want to give me his negative for that then go ahead i don't give a fuck I've
2: I've been
3: questionable points given and and minuses happened all over here. So now
2: let's see, I just, I just wasn't going to give you the plus. That's all. I was going to give myself the minus still. seemed like a fair way to go, but it's fine. It's fine. You get the plus. Okay. So that brings our today's total to Peter minus one, Kevin zero, Jesse plus two and Josh minus one, which brings our season totals to Peter still ahead at plus one. Jesse moves up to second at zero. Well,
3: I was already in second, but Kevin, I was
2: tied. I That's still second Kevin place. Moves, <laughs> Kevin moves down <laughs> to third at minus two. And Josh is bringing up the basement at minus five. Really counting on this fucking yep. madness brackets.
3: my bracket and Gonzaga. I need Gonzaga to win so I can get six points. Yeah, but everyone else is going to yep. get at least if you are, well, me and yeah. Me, you and people, right. Well, at least then I
0: can uh, I can hopefully leapfrog Kevin, and <laughs> if I get if if Gonzaga wins, we would yeah. have to want we'll to see. We still got a uh, few more rounds to go, and and uh, we'll see how she goes.
1: I'm taking this one down, boys. You know that. Yeah. Well, Kev, you started out really strong. It like on the first way.
0: day, uh, you were leading with 11 off the first day. And then uh, Jesse and I were the second-day winners, and we both had 12 right, 12 out of the 16, which was was pretty good. So it's a, it's a close race. It's a close race. We'll see. We'll see how it goes down, and we'll see how it affects our season uh, Our season totals. So
2: Yeah. Baylor's about to beat Wisconsin, by the way.
0: Yeah, up 10, 30 seconds to go. Uh, Peter, how was your drink?
2: Uh, it was good. It went down quick. I uh, had to – Disappear for a minute in the show there, which yeah, I, can. say, I can't see, uh, and get myself a, a, uh, a different beer because yeah, I, a glass I of ran water. out. Yeah, uh, you can only <laughs> bag of deck. Uh, But yeah, the Great Lakes Brewing Canuck Pale Ale was good. Kev, how was
1: your? Uh, what was it a Caesar? Yes, sir. My gin Caesar. Yes. It was actually great. Great. If you've never tried one, Jess. Go and ahead and do so. Did
0: you, uh, did you make it all by, okay. by hand? Like you put everything in from scratch, Kev?
1: No, oh, man. That's all, you know, that's V8 juice, some tomato
0: right, so juice. That's what I'm saying. You, you, can, buy, you can buy gin yeah. scissors. Yeah. That's what I was...
1: No, I know. No, no, no. I made it. Yeah. I just got the gin and, you know. Fair enough. So, Jesse, how was your drink?
3: Uh, my drink was pretty good. It was a little bit different. Not used to what I'm i'm having but uh I'd, I'd get it again for sure just more or less to just uh for a sharesy because it is a fairly big bottle You <laughs> can't
0: sharesy now man
3: COVID. <laughs> no <laughs>
2: well it's in a bottle you can pour it off
3: yeah fair enough <laughs> you're not you're not you're not drinking it from the fucking bottle jesus
2: why the fuck not why
3: exactly why not <laughs> covid uh so yeah it was pretty good uh there's a the nickel brook uh glory gold josh how was yours uh, my eight track XPA
0: from the Sons of Kent was excellent. It's an extra pale ale, five point seven percent. Really tasty. Had a bit of a citrusy taste, but uh, like no no bad aftertaste or anything. Uh, as I said, like a couple of minutes into the show, I was done. You know, I was going to be done real quick. I did finish it, so I had to get some more basic. Uh, beer for the rest of the show here which is pretty much standard uh, with me but uh, i really enjoyed this one uh and it looks cool because you know it's got like the inside of an H track on it that's pretty much what uh, drew me to buy it <laughs> and uh i definitely try this one again it's uh was a little lighter flavor but wasn't lighter on the alcohol content which is uh right up my fucking alley so uh, i enjoyed that
2: what's your basic beer uh,
0: of original man I I'm a Coors original right. type guy. I uh I think, um, maybe next week I'll bust into something a little more a little a little bit more Canadian. My, my bust into some moose head next week, but
3: uh I think I th- I think I uh, it pass. is Canadian now, the original. It's in uh
0: well in it's yeah, it's brewed in Canada now, but it's still an American recipe. So but yeah.
3: Uh, but yeah, anyway, it was good. Uh like I said, I always need
0: another another drink. I Think I'm on my third one during the show here uh, and it and it's empty so uh, we're gonna we're gonna finish up here so i can go grab another one so again thank you guys uh, for listening uh, it's great to to hear uh, different comments from everyone and uh, and we love to hear from you so again thank you and thank you for listening please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts give us a like and follow on facebook twitter and instagram at points penalties and until next week stay out of the
2: penalty box